Hello, and welcome to episode 87 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And you can see us. Sometimes. Sometimes. Right now, you can. <laughs> right now, you can. As long as you're watching us on YouTube. Yeah, you should be. Yeah. So, we're here to talk about the cards from Zendikar Rising. Yep, we do this uh, every time there's a release. We do kind of a little mini set review where we talk about some of our favorite cards, uh, some of the cards that you might see pop up in competitive play, and we go over the mechanics a little bit. And uh, usually we go over the signpost on commons too for limited. Yeah, so if you want to get at us about your thoughts on Zendikar Rising, you can tweet us at Casual Tripod on Twitter. Yep. You can hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. You can also drop us an email at show at Casual Tryhard MTG.com. If you're looking to pre order any of these uh, super sweet Zenda cards, see that? Zenda cards. He's a genius, folks. It's great. Come on, it's great. It is pretty good. Uh, you can use our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Um, after following that link, anything you purchase, we will get a very small sliver up to help keep the show going. Uh, we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. If you want to support us a little bit more directly, our patrons get early access to show notes. I try and post them the day before the show goes live. And we also record our pre-show ramblings that are not necessarily about the show we're recording or magic at all but you get to hear them we got uh, goggles today yeah you got goggles today and a little bit of brian cleaning his room so that's oh no <laughs> that's always fun <laughs> <laughs> it was a video episode no it was a video episode uh so i'll probably post that tomorrow um you, that's typically when i post them uh, if you're a patron you can check that out um we have our own YouTube channel, Casual Try Hard MTG on YouTube. Uh, maybe we'll get around to recording some limited stuff for Zendikar this time. We didn't quite get there last time. Hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully. I know you've been busy, buddy. It's all right. Uh, we also have a Discord. Um, our Twitter and our Facebook both have a link to our Discord. There should be a link in the description to our Discord. Uh, hop on in there, ask questions, chat, some Pretty cool dudes hanging out in there. Um, if you're looking at us right now, that is courtesy of our good friend Juan, uh, who's recording our video episode in conjunction with Myrtle Beach Games, our local game store. Um, they have a YouTube channel, Myrtle Beach Games. That's where you can find this video if you want to see our faces and the cards as we're talking here. Um, they also have a Facebook page, Myrtle Beach Games. If you uh, jump into there, we can put you in our various group chats for magic-related shenanigans. Um, and they have pre-release this weekend. I know you're not going to be there. Juan's yeah. not going to be there. I will be there. Okay. So if anyone wants to hang out with me at pre-release, I will be there. Sounds good. Yeah. So what do we got going on this week? So first, let's do a quick like review of the mechanics, and then we're going to delve into the cards that uh, okay. we wanted to talk about. So there are four mechanics coming to Zendikar. Mm -hmm. One is an oldie but a goodie in Landfall. Yep, it's probably like the signature Zendikar mechanic, right? Yes. Again, still bitter about allies. <laughs> um, yeah. So Landfall is whenever a land comes into play, you get some effect. Mm -hmm. And it varies from card to card. It can be something as small as like a plus one, plus one on a creature mm -hmm. till the end of turn mm -hmm. to put four plus one, plus one counters on a plant. Yeah. 
it's it just kind Yikes. of varies. Yeah, it varies based on on the card. But yeah. landfall is the thing that 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 templating is whenever a land comes into play, do this, do a thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. The uh, other returning mechanic is kicker. Um, mm-hmm. This is also kind of a classic Zendikar mechanic. Um, kicker, if you played during Dominaria, uh, you'll remember what kicker is. It's an additional cost when you play a spell. You can pay the additional cost and you'll get some sort of effect. Yep. And then we have party, which is a new mechanic, which wants you to assemble an adventuring party. So mm-hmm. it wants you to have a wizard, a cleric, a warrior and a rogue mm-hmm. uh, on the battlefield. Yep. And some cards will give you a benefit for having one or two of them. And other cards, what you just have the full party and then you get some big payoff for having all of them. Yep. And the, uh, the last mechanic that is in Zendikar rising that, uh, I think we both feel is going to make some pretty big waves is modal dual face cards. We've had dual face cards in the past where something happens and you get to turn the card over. Um, That's not the way these work. When you play these cards, you get to pick which face you want. Yeah, so you get to pick which is best for you at that time. Yep, which is very powerful. Very, very powerful. Yeah. Especially when the front side's a spell. And the back side's a land. Yes. It's always useful. Always. Yep. All right. So we wanted to go through the signpost uncommons uh, that show up in limited. Mm-hmm. And for a couple of reasons, one, to give you a sense of what the limited environment wants you to do in the color pairs. Mm-hmm. And two, recently, a lot of these signposts uncommons have found their way into constructed. Yeah. Imagine that. Yes, they are often pretty pushed. Yeah. And the fact that their gold kind of limits their utility in limited where your mana base is usually garbage. Uh, yeah, but not so much in constructed not where so your mana base is good. Yeah, mana base is good. Yeah. So red green is not that hard to cast in your red green deck. Correct. You should be able to do that every turn. <laughs> yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. So the first one of these is Brushfire Elemental. This is the red green one. It is the red green. It is red green for a 1-1 one, one mm-hmm. with haste. Mm-hmm. Get him, buddy. Yeah, get in there. Uh, can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. Still would seem to eat him. Yeah. Uh, but then there's landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, brush fire elemental gets plus two, plus two to end of turn. Yeah, that's pretty good. So like on turn three, he just gets to bash as like a three, three. Right. Or yeah, more yeah. if you can trigger landfall multiple times. Yeah. And there's a lot of ways in the set to get more than one landfall trigger at a time. Mm-hmm. So, so this is kind of a, like there's always in each Zendikar set, there's been an aggressive red green landfall deck. Yeah. And this is kind of the plant for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if the, there's a common that is uh, the red step links mm-hmm. and a one that gets plus two plus two when you have landfall. Yeah. Like if that's good enough, plus this, like that could find its way into constructed. Mm-hmm. I like the, uh, I mean, we'll talk about it in a little while here, but the um, Scoot Swarm also, I think is yeah. pretty good for maybe not an aggressive landfall deck, but certainly a payoff for a landfall deck. Yeah. 
So next now, that thing's an elemental also. Do we still care about elementals? I don't think like yeah. um the Cavaliers and Risen Reef mm-hmm. all went away and yeah. Omnath. Yeah. So I don't think we care about elementals in standard anymore. Okay. So it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. All right. Next up we have uh the black white gold card. It's a cleric of life's blood. It's a white and a black for a 2-2 vampire cleric. And this is kind of cleric tribal is what he's telling you to do. Uh, It says, whenever another cleric enters the battlefield under your control, you gain a life. Whenever you gain life for the first time each turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on cleric of life's blood. So a little bit of vampire stuff, a little bit of life gain stuff, a little bit of cleric stuff. Yeah, I mean, what probably holds it back in Constructed is... The fact that it just has to be clerics that you gain mm-hmm. life off of. Yeah. Which is going to kind of limit it. Like these kind of cards usually just prefer to like when a creature comes into play. Is Vito a cleric? Yes. Okay. He plays pretty nice with this. He does. Yeah. He does. And like um, the fact that this is kind of its own a Johnny's pride mate. Mm-hmm. Like as long as you build around it, it kind of it is both the life gain engine and the payoff. If you just are playing like mono clerics. Yeah, I mean it's it's a worse Johnny's Pride mate. Because it only gets one plus one plus one counter a turn. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. A significantly worse than Johnny's Pride mate. I, I, I apologize to you, Johnny's Pride mate. <laughs> uh, my bad. Yeah. Um next up, oh I've never it's Cargan War Leader. Yeah. One red white human warrior mm-hmm. for a three three. Okay. Other warriors you control get plus one, plus one. Hmm, I guess the red-white deck wants to be aggressive. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty straightforward. That it wants straight you to play warriors. Yes. Find cards that say type line warrior, yep. put those in deck. Yep. Seems good. Seems good. This uh, is one that, like, again, for Constructed, same with our Vampire Cleric guy, all these, like, creatures that are parts of parties, mm-hmm. if you put on, like, the long-term lug. Uh, uh, vision mm-hmm. and look to our not core set but dungeons and dragons set in the summer yeah all of these things that care about the par- the different party subtypes mm-hmm. uh could get really good in a dungeons and dragons themed set yeah you think we're gonna have two sets with the same mechanic and standard at the same time not maybe not party but i mean it would make sense if they did though it would one, it would make sense. It would be weird, but it would make sense. But two, like they're just gonna have warriors and clerics and rogues right. and wizards yeah. Yeah. in the dungeon and, and dragon set. So you're just going to put a bunch more of this exact or these types of creatures mm-hmm. into constructed in well, six months. We nine. also have Kaldheim, which I'm sure is gonna have a bunch of Viking warriors in it. Oh, it has to. And then we have Strixhaven. Which would be insane if we didn't have wizards in it. Yeah, so they're gonna they're gonna make sure that there's a bunch of these. Yeah, maybe that's why they started trickling in rogues like earlier than we got clerics. You know what I mean? Yeah, just because like they didn't have a good place to yeah to put them in like coming like you don't think of Viking rogue right right but Viking warrior we can do mm-hmm. and I guess you could put clerics and wizards at the school. Yeah, I mean, you could put clerics and Vikings, too, I think. Yeah, but again, Rogue seems to be harder, so you, like, see yeah. that earlier. Yep. 
So uh, next up is the Simic Gold card. It's Lull Mage's Familiar. It's a 2-4 beast. You can tap it to add a green or a blue. And whenever you cast a kicked spell, you gain two life. I, is he in the backpack, wearing the backpack? What is he doing with the backpack? It's better not to ask. I probably, probably <laughs> right. I hope the backpack got, got dinner first. I don't know. Um, so, I mean, it's a 2-4. It's a decent body. Mm-hmm. These really haven't worked and constructed. Yeah. But, Three men is a lot to spend for your mana dork. Yeah, but just the, you know, in, in limited, the fact that it's a 2-4 makes a pretty big brick wall. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Obviously, this wants to ramp you, and, and the ramp, spells. yeah, the ramp will give you mana so you can cast your kicked spells. So, kind of obvious what that one wants you to do. Speaking of kick spells, yeah, we have Moss Pit Skeleton mm-hmm. with Kicker Three. Mm-hmm. If it was kicked, it enters with three plus one plus one counters. It's normally a two two. Okay, so, so for it. five mana, it's a five five. Yep. Whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are put on a creature you control, Moss Pit Skeleton. If Moss Pit Skeleton is in your graveyard, you may put it on top of your library. Hmm. Um, that doesn't seem great. Yeah, I was reading it, and I was like, Battlefield? I was like, no. No. Hand? No. No, no. Top, no. <laughs> like, this is the, like, it eats a draw step. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, unless a 2-2 two, two for 2, or perhaps a 5-5 five, five for 5. Mm-hmm is exactly what you need. Yeah. Like, this doesn't do anything for you. Now, in Limited, right. this is great. You, like, put a counter on something, and you're just like, I'm going to draw power and toughness. Right, that's what I was just going to say. This card is much better in Limited. Yeah. Especially if you got two or three of them. Yeah, and Constructed, le- less so. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up. Yeah, this is Marasa Root Grazer. It's the Selesnia Gold card, green and white. It's a 2-3 beast with Vigilance. And you can tap it to put a basic land from your hand onto the battlefield, or you can tap it to return a basic land you control to its owner's hand. So the basic land writer is a major drawback, Mm -hmm. but this is enough of a percentage of growth spiral Mm -hmm. that it is worrisome. Yeah, I don't know if it's worrisome for constructed or not, um, we'll have to see. My first thought was like, oh, they just made it so Gross Spiral attacked and blocked. Like, you just got, like, the, the card you draw off your Gross Spiral is a 2-3. Yeah. But it doesn't, it, it incentivizes you to play a bunch of basic lands, and this set does not incentivize you to do that. So it might not just be good enough for the basic land rider. If it was just land, mm-hmm. it, it also be- doesn't ramp, like, that turn. It ramps the next turn. It ramps to that next turn, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know if it's quite good enough. But it still gets you to f- it still gets you to four on three. It does, as long as you have a land. Like I mean, that was kind of the hidden yeah. mode of Gross Spiral. Is a lot of times in your thirty land deck, it drew you a land. Yeah, this card's never going to draw you a land. It's going to always draw you a two three. Yes, which is most of the time better. But when you need your fourth land, it's not. Right. So, yeah. It could, but like I think that the like signpost uncommon from Core Twenty One 
was uh, was it Conclave Mentor? Oh the, yeah, 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 the plus one plus one counter guy. And like, I think that's just more powerful if you're going to make a green white constructed deck. I agree. I think it's going to be the plus one plus one counter aggressive thing, mm-hmm. not the like the ramp thing. But yep, this card is interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, this one will see constructed play. I agree. This next one, yep. Soaring Thought Thief, mm-hmm. blue black, for a one three with flash mm-hmm. and flying. Yeah, as long as, your, as long as your opponent has eight or more cards in their graveyard, rogues you control get plus one plus zero. Oh. That sounds kind of familiar. It does. Yeah, where have we seen that before? I don't. The Thieves Guild Enforcer. Oh, Thieves Guild Touch if you have eight cards or your opponent has eight cards in their graveyard. Yeah. Um, and uh, but it's rogues control, so it actually gives itself the buff as well. So because of two, three, four. Oh, yeah, that's cool. I hadn't noticed that. And whatever one or more rogues you control attack, each opponent mills two cards. So it gets there quick. It does get there quick. So it like puts two cards in the graveyard itself mm-hmm. if it's like your only rogue. Yep. Like each time it attacks. Um like you've got in rogues, you have Thieves Guild Enforcer, mm-hmm. you have uh Brazen Borrowers a rogue. Mm-hmm. Uh you have the uh rogue jitsu guy that we get to here in a little bit. Yeah, there's another one we'll get to in a minute too, acquisitions expert. Yeah. So there's a reasonable number of rogues mm-hmm. for you to play, and for the most part, they're evasive. Yeah, and they are, you know, and they are geared towards this milling thing. So it's something you would do relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. the The counter that people bring up is the fact that it like fuels Uro, but you could be in a situation where you just like are getting enough like damage in quickly. Yeah, and like just you know the tempo play. Yeah, I see that. Um, <laughs> Tie into like, last week. Yeah. Of like bouncing your Uro and getting in for a bunch of damage. You don't mind that they gained three because you're like, fine, gain three and draw a card. I'll bounce it yeah. and you're going to take eight. You're going to play your and you take eight. Cage rotates, right? Cage does rotate. And so does Leyline, but Leyline doesn't work with this anyway. No. Uh, I guess like you could do something like you could play Cling to Dust, which is a little bit of a Nambo. If you're really worried about Uro. Yeah. Hmm. But I think we'll that... to think on that problem. Yeah, but I think that the rogues are just going to be aggressive and going to kind of get there, and mm-hmm. this guy's going to help. Like, a, a a sequence of, like, Thieves Guild... End of your turn, Thieves Guild, Thieves Guild Enforcer mm-hmm. attack. Then, end of your turn, you didn't do anything I wanted to counter. Soaring Thought Thief... Put two cards in your graveyard, then play any rogue, attack, mill four, yeah. turn this guy on, and you have a, a four two uh Thieves Guild Enforcer. Doesn't Thieves Guild Enforcer mill when any rogue enters the battlefield? Yeah, so you would mill yeah. two for when it came in. Yeah. Two for when this came in, so you're at four. And then two for when that when the Thieves Guild Enforcer attacked after this came in, right? Well, yeah, they would. They would both. I guess they would both. So you wouldn't even need the yeah. third one. It would just be a four. You yeah. would just get your eighth card when you attacked on turn three. Mm-hmm. So, like, you could see this being like a tempo-y, aggressive, yeah. like drown in the lock is like your main counter spell, mm-hmm. and like a few other like pieces of interaction. Yep. And then you have we've got a deck. Yep. I like it. 
Yeah, th this one's rough. This is the Rakdos one. It's a Ravager's Mace. It's an equipment. Woo! Yay. Uh, when Ravager's Mace enters the battlefield, attach it to target creature you control. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus O oh for each creature in your party and has menace. And it equips for two black red. Oof. Not great. Not great. No, I guess it's, they couldn't give us more fuel for a sack deck, though, right? Thank God. <laughs> uh, this is um, the second time in a year they were like, hey, red, black, you get an equipment. Yeah. Enjoy. And you're going to like it. Yeah. Like, I have a hard time playing equipment limited, mm -hmm. let alone constructed. Um, when, when we were on Eldraine, though, I did notice that the equipments that self-attach when they enter are good. They did play much better than equipments that you then have to spend mana to attach. Yeah, this is basically an enchantment the first time. Right. It's an enchantment that sticks around. Mm -hmm. And then, so like in that regard, it does like ease the pain. Because mm -hmm. like if they didn't have the it attaches clause, it would cost like seven yeah. to actually get something like, hey, three black, black, red, red, mm -hmm. get plus two plus oh. Yeah, that's then, tough. Ooh. But yeah, I think that I guess this is like be aggressive and we'll guess we'll give you a little bit of evasion for your like dorky ground creatures. Yeah, there's a little bit of um like party synergy. Yeah. I don't it might just be that there are so many rogues and warriors and stuff and like red uh red black. Yeah. That this is just kind of like default on accident. You can't help it but it be like plus two plus oh. Or plus three plus oh. Yeah, like the fourth type might be hard, but it might just yeah. be like, oh, my two drop and my three drop is a rogue and a warrior. Then I play this, and okay, I, I get something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of tricked you into having to read that one. Uh, <laughs> no problem. All right, and then we have Spoils of Adventure. Oh, okay. For four blue-white, Okay. you get an instant. Mm-hmm. It costs one less to cast for each creature in your party. All so right. it live the dream and it'd be blue white. Okay. And what do you get for living the stream? You gain three life and you draw three cards. Hmm. It seems like uh, an awful lot of work for three life and three cards. Yeah. Like, and it feels like it reads like a card. That's like a control card. Yeah. But then it wants you to have a bunch of creatures. Right. So it doesn't like it. It's not like it meshes well. Mm -hmm. It's not like you know. It's not like the the flyers and blue white flyers aren't like wizards and warriors. Warriors, birds and spirits. Well, what's uh, even mind sensor? That's a bird wizard, right? He is a bird wizard. I guess that's not legal though, so it doesn't matter. It is not, <laughs> not legal. If you want to play historic, you can bust out your even mind sensor. Yeah. Why wasn't that card getting played when there when we had a uh, uh, hour of promise? Like, couldn't you just like mind sensor people? Just get them. Like, they tap their five mana for even for <laughs> hour of promise, and you just get them. Like three mana flash two one flyer. Put yeah, your hour of promise into the trash can. That <laughs> uh, was a golden opportunity we missed. We did. We could have broke you, it. You would have had to play planes though, which is pretty rough. So. What did I see there? Like, of the top 50 cards that were played at the Mythic Invitational, there were no white cards? I would, would not be surprising. 
Yeah, no like, white cards we, and no planes in the top 50 cards played at the Mythic Invitational. They had the, like, was it Nezahal or Nezerator or something? Mm-hmm. That's like YouTube, like top 10, like top 10 fungus in Magic and whatever, right? <laughs> he does all these top 10 lists. So he did, was doing the top three played cards. Yeah. And like number two or three was Rest in Peace. Yeah. So like hard sideboard cards. <laughs> like, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Good job. And then like for the red ones, it was like there's a five-way tie or a four-way tie for all these goblins. <laughs> and then number that are in two every was, go- goblin deck. And then like number two was like goblin ringleader. <laughs> like cool. Yeah. I forget what number one was. It was a braid. A braid was number one. Yeah. But it was just like, I wonder if we're playing goblins. I wonder if that's the only red deck anyone's playing. <laughs> the only mono red deck. Yes, the only mono red deck. Yeah. All right, so our last uh, signpost uncommon here is our, um, is it one? It's Umara Mystic. It's a 1-3 flyer for one blue-red. It's a merfolk wizard. Whenever you cast an instant sorcery or wizard spell, Umara Mystic gets plus two, plus O till end of turn. So it's we Dragonauts that's a wizard. And and cares about wizards. And cares about wizards. Yep. This card has never, ever, ever been constructed playable, but you will like just punk people out of, of limited games. Uh, we're also going to Strixhaven, so keep that in mind. This is true. Yeah. Though I guess in, in defense of his playability, like a curve of... Um, this into four wizards is a 9-3. I was going to say Sprite Dragon into this and they just cast Ops and Shocks. That's true. Just like, I'm just going to cast all these spells and hope you're dead. Yep. Big money, big money, no removal <laughs> spell. Oh. A braid. Whammy. Yep. People are like, I don't get that reference. <laughs> big money, no whammies. Big money, no whammies. So I probably shouldn't uh, put this out there on the record for everybody to hear, but I say that every single time I fire up a car after doing a timing belt service at work. <laughs> I say big money, no whammies. <laughs> You're like, okay. He is a, he's like a, a train technician, folks. <laughs> I just think it's funny. It messes with the new guys. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean, no whammies? What is the biggest whammy you can think of, sir? That is the way we were trying to avoid. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically me when I do any service to my car. <laughs> Big money, no whammies. <laughs> exactly. Oh, change the windshield wiper blades. Oh, man, I hope these things stay on. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So we have some white cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Felidar Retreat. Okay. Which is three in a white mm-hmm. for an enchantment. Right. That has landfall. Okay. What's the landfall Whatever. do? Whatever land comes into play, pick one of the following. Mm-hmm. Make a 2-2 Cat Beast. Ooh, Cat Beast. Where have I heard about making 2-2s when lands come into play? Hmm. I or put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. Forever. Like, that's a that's a counter. That's forever and ever. Yeah. That's go wide, then make them big. Uh-huh. Um, and it gives Vigilance till the end of the turn. Oh, I missed the vigilance thing. Because yeah. why wouldn't you? We need to give it more. <laughs> it's awkward, right? Because you look at it and you're like, I mean, Field of the Dead was so good. But yeah. you didn't have to tap four lands sideways. 
and play Felidar and play it. You right. The last couple sets it. have also like proven that four mana do nothing enchantments can be playable and ban worthy. But this doesn't give you your mana back. Well, I mean, how many landfall triggers do you need before it get, gave you your mana back, though? Fair. Probably, like, three? Four? Okay. Because, like, vanilla tutus. I guess if you go, like, two, 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 make them big. Mm-hmm. Or what if you went, like, one drop, two drop, one drop, and a two drop this thing, and then, like, next turn, Fabled Passage and with two counters and Vigilance and everything? And also, yeah, I mean, like, if your one drops and two drops had some sort of landfall benefit? Yeah, I mean, it could just be, like, it might be, like, a go-wide card that we're reading as, like, it's supposed to be its own engine. It could just mm-hmm. be, like, a payoff for, like, you go, like, one drop, you make some tokens on two, you make some tokens on three, you play this, and then you just, like, land, sack something land, or Conclave Mentor. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you all the counters. Um. We also have some like enchantment support from Theros, right? Don't we still have the cost reducer, the white cost reducer, or is that just auras? Uh, what is oh, transit whatever. Yeah, the one two flyer. I think it's no. just enchantments. Well, I meant the two mana two two that gets a counter. Oh, that's uh, that was in core twenty. Oh, was it? So we're losing that. Yeah, that guy, Starfield Mystic. Yeah. No, there's the the well, the one two. Yeah. But I don't know if it's just auras or not. Yeah, I think but, that one's just auras. Um, we have Legion Angel, mm-hmm. which is a unique design. Yeah, it kind of it asks some weird questions, right? It does. So well, let's talk about what's the card do first. Yeah. I'm taking all James' cards. Uh, yeah. Two white, white. They, they have white symbols on them. It's fine. He doesn't care. Two no, white, right. white for a 4 3. Uh-huh. Angel Warrior, because why not? Why not? Has flying. Mm-hmm. When it enters the battlefield, you may reveal a card you own from out. Uh, you own. Ugh. You may reveal a card you own named Legion Angel from outside the game and put it into your hand. Okay. So you so... draw it from your sideboard. Right. Um, so it's a four mana four three flyer that draws a four mana four three flyer that draws a four mana four three flyer that draws a four mana four three flyer. If you draw the first one, right? So like that, I think that's the question you're talking about. Do you play three? Mm-hmm. And like the first one is great, right? Because it draws you one. Uh, or do you play one? And then hope to like hit that one and then draw slowly draw three. Right. And like it might maybe the answer is two. So you it like just split the difference. Yeah. Just so like you have a higher chance of drawing it, but then you also have the a chance to like chain them together. Because mm-hmm. I don't Do know, like have any like good tutors that let you find that one that you might want to run anyway? Like we have Grim Tutor, right? Yeah. I mean, that's not a great tutor, but... I don't think there's a creature one, is there? Well, Grim Tutor's any card. Grim Tutor's any card, but there's not just, like, an Eladomri's call. No, I don't think so. That we could just, like, run or something like that. So, yeah, I think it's an interesting, like... It presents an interesting deck-building decision. Mm-hmm. 
because it like each sideboard slots. Right. How much is a sideboard slot worth? Uh, any companion. Any companion. This is true. It's worth a a a three mana three two that you draw every single game. Right. Um, so sideboard slots aren't worth much as we have discovered. <laughs> but like when you're not going to draw it every game. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it changes. Maybe, you know, if you're playing against a control deck, maybe you go to, like, one. Because if you draw that one and get to resolve it, then you you're always going to have a backup. You're always going to have this constant chain of threats. Mm-hmm. But I guess aggro, maybe it's three and you play one because you just need to, like, draw your 4-3 flyer to have yeah. a blocker or something. So maybe that, like, gives a little bit more pause to how you build, how you sideboard, because now you have, like, well, is this a matchup that I want? three or that I want one. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought about that, that you can kind of change your distribution post board. Yeah. Cause there's nothing that says it has to be, stay the same. So you right. can be like, Oh, I think this is a matchup where I want more or less. So yeah. it's, like an, it's an interesting thing to think about. Mm-hmm. So now podcast dad does not have to put this card in, but I was busy all weekend and James uh, made the list. And so he already, <laughs> he already readily admitted that, Colors he doesn't play did got short shrift. So I want to throw another white card on here. Okay. And that's Skyclave Apparition. So that's okay, one white that? white for a three uh, for a two-two. So one white for a two-two. Okay. Enters the battlefield, exile up to one target, non-land, non-token permanent. You don't control with converted mana cost four or less. Okay. And when it leaves the battlefield, the exiled card's owner gets an XX blue illusion creature token where X is the converted mana of the exiled card. And it's a spirit. Okay. So, right, uh, like Bant and blue-white spirits in older formats were playing uh, Deputy of Detention mm-hmm. that doesn't have any synergies with right uh, with spirits. So it's just but, kind of better Deputy of Detention? Yeah, I mean, it, it's different, right? It doesn't get all the copies of a thing. Yeah. But... Like if your opponent plays a three mana Teferi mm-hmm. and then you eat it with them, oh, they don't yeah, get their Teferi cool. back, they get a three three. Right? If they play a Tarmogoyf yeah. and you get it with this, they get a two two. They don't get a Tarmogoyf back. That's pretty good. So and it's something that like again synergizes with spirit. So if you mm-hmm. have all these other spirit synergies, right? Like I think rattle chains can only give hexproof to a spirit. Right. Right. So if you like play this and then you get to like have a rattle chains up to defend it, it's something that you couldn't do with deputy. Mm-hmm. So I think by the fact that it's a spirit probably pushes it into like older formats it might. where like, you know, getting the collected company into a removal spell mm-hmm. uh, that also gets like all your Lord buffs right. is probably pretty decent. So that was just one that I was like, Oh, this one might was probably going to see play in at least modern spirits and, I guess Pioneer Spirits as well. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that card at all. It's I mean, got I knew, white, it, I knew it existed, but... It's got white mana symbols on it, man. You're like, mm, it's rough. Well, it, I don't know. Like, both of the white cards that we've talked about so far were white cards that have enough value in them that I could see me playing them. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, like, they're doing something different and unique. Yeah. Like, there's been a million Manager Priests. Right. In Fiend Hunters. Like, this is just a Fiend Hunter that has, like... A relevant creature type. A relevant creature type and does something a little different. It doesn't give the thing back. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's... 
It just looks the same. Mm-hmm. All right, blue cards. Go. Blue cards. <laughs> uh, the first one up is Concerted Defense. It's a single blue mana for an instant. Counter-target non-creature spell unless its controller pays one in addition and an additional one for each creature in your party. So it is a two mana or one, sorry, it's four spike. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's four spike if you don't have any creatures in play. Which is a decent fail case. Right. Um, if you are playing rogues. It's, it's uh, spell, spell pierce. pierce. Yeah, spell yeah. pierce. If you have any other creature type, it's great. You know what I mean? The card is always going to be live. Yeah. I think that there are like random, like this could be like like a humans card, right? Mm Because I I don't know the creature types in humans. Yep. But there's a lot of them. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming. So I'm assuming that you could maybe get this to two or three pretty easily there. Probably. Um, like Legacy, there's the Esper Vile deck that's mm-hmm. basically like humans and stuff. This could fit there. And like you said, rogues or any kind of like, you know, a, if you get it to two, I think it's good. Yeah. Like it is It is a historically playable card at two. Yep. At, at three, like you said, it's it just, uh, what is it? Mystical Dispute. Yeah, for right. all non-creature spells, yeah, for yeah, one yeah. mana. Yeah, it's like any non-creature spell, it's just you get to dispute it, mm-hmm. which is, as we know, as I've put many cards, many, many <laughs> cards into the trash can for, I guess my opponent's like, they don't have mystical dispute. Oh, they have it. Yeah. Right? And this will be the same thing. You're, you'll go like rogue into rogue into two drop rogue on three, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, wrath of God. And you're like, nah, dog. Right. Well, but, I mean, the thing about mystical dispute, though, is that it only... Like, you only ever wanted it against blue cards. Yes. So, I mean, blue was pretty prevalent, so, like, you kind of did want some main deck, but, like, this isn't just blue cards. It's everything, yeah. Like, if you have rogues in your deck, like, this is a main deckable card that you're probably not going to board out unless you're facing only creatures. Yeah, no, I agree. It's better. I'm saying, like, think about how good it felt when you got to get a blue spell for one blue mana. Yeah, tag it to fairy. Yeah, and then this is the same way where you're like, mm-hmm. where and, and on turns one and two, it's not dead. Even right. if you don't have a rogue, like you're still gonna get something. Like sensor mm-hmm. has got a lot of people. It's also kind of cool because you can like with the spell on the stack, flash in a rogue and then counter it. Yeah, like all of the rogues have flash, or a lot of them do. Yeah, they do. So, no, I think this card is good. Like, yep, it will see play. play if there's like. There's any kind of like tribal deck. This is also if there is uh, a like the blue red wizard. Like there's the rare wizard, and then we already saw our, our, our wee wizard knots. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they, you, they're wizards. So like you just get to sneak this into your wizard's deck, right? So like this is a card that we'll see play. Uh, the next one, I don't know if it'll see a ton of play in standard, but I think it has implications for other formats. And that's uh, Thieving Skydiver. This is one in a blue for a 2-1 flyer with kicker X. And it says X can't be zero. I did not know about that little bit of text until just now. Yeah, so it's got to be at least one. You can't yeah. You can't just, I'm going to pay kicker, but not pay kicker. Um, 
And then when Thieving Skydiver enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, gain control of target artifact with CMC X or less. If that artifact is an equipment, you can attach it to Thieving Skydiver. So it makes it worse since X can't be zero, but three mana take your uh, uh, Stone Coil Serpent. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you're the deck that plays a bunch of little flyers that can't, in things that are gold that can't get around a stone coil serpent, you just take it and you're just like, no, go away. It's mine like, now. That's probably going to be, that's where I see it's like biggest use being. Mm-hmm. So in standard, at least. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't, the thing doesn't go back if thieving skydiver dies. Right. No, you, you just keep it's it. It's just yours. Right. So, like that doesn't matter if it's, this is a two one and it's fragile. Like you can steal a thing and then block with it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think this card's solid. Yeah. Um, what about older formats? Um, the X not being zero hurts it. Yeah. Because like you know one in the one in the blue take your mocks mm-hmm. would have would have probably been uh, a okay. I think two in a blue, take your Mox Diamond is still fine. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that it could it could work. I mean, I guess like are the are the food elk are they are they still artifacts? They are, right? They are. Um no. No? They're just elks. They're just elks that aren't artifacts, so I can't even take your like elk effect. Boo. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think like being able to steal like a big walking, like you can't steal a big walking list, but just effectively killing a walking list. Right. Um, I guess like against Tron, you could like occasionally like get a map that they weren't able to crack if they like play a turn two map. Yeah, because I mean you're not going to be alive long enough to steal a worm coil. <laughs> <laughs> Eight mana, seven blue. Take your worm coil. Ending. <laughs> I mean. The possibility exists. Sure. Um, yeah. No, I think this card's solid. Like, it's going to have little utility mm-hmm. here and there. What about, like, the Stoneforge decks? Like, steal a Sword of Feast and Famine or a Jitte or... Yeah. I mean, the, like, you're not going to get to steal a Batter Skull, unfortunately. <sighs> no. No. But, you, yeah, you... I guess the, does, the germ doesn't come with it. Right? You would just strip it off the germ. Oh, yeah. I don't know. How how does that work? You would strip it off the germ and put it on him. You just make... Oh, because it equips. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the so germ, the germ would just die. Oh, man. We did it. <laughs> um, no, I think, like, if it's... If those kind of decks are popular, then I think this coming oh. in and just, like, kind of wreaking havoc... Yeah. Four is... mana steal a sword. Yeah. Hmm... Here's another thing that I just thought of. Okay. So I've been like really deep on if you've like, there's a Saffron Olive video, uh, Hammer Time, where mm-hmm. you're putting Colossal Hammer on things with Double Strike. Oh, wow. Colossal Hammer has an equip cost of eight. With this, it doesn't say you don't control. It doesn't. So you can just put a, you can just wow. like put Colossal Hammer on it for three. You just like yeah. hammer this. 12 one, or yeah. <laughs> Like 12, 12, 11. He doesn't yeah. fly anymore, but he's fine. <laughs> um, 
So like, yeah, you could maybe use it to like cheat equip costs. Yeah. You have something with a really high equip cost, but a low hmm. casting cost. You could like use it to cheat there as well. So there could be do some neat things. Yeah. Certainly worth talking about, I think. Yeah. Even though it's blue. <laughs> it's blue. It is a rogue though. It is a rogue. Yeah. It's, it's, it's again, it's your cyborg tech and rogues against the stone coil separates. You're like, mm-hmm. no, give me. <laughs> Mine now. <laughs> Mine now, take 10. Yep. Uh, speaking of rogues, we have acquisitions expert. This is one in a black for a one, two human rogue. When acquisitions expert enters the battlefield, target opponent reveals a number of cards from their hand equal to the number of creatures in your party. You choose one of those cards, and that player discards that card. So the dream is you have to look at four cards. You basically cast what, blackmail mm-hmm. on a body. That's probably not going to happen too often. Right. But, like, I guess just, like, burglar rats is good enough. Ish. Yeah, I mean, like, they get to basically, with, with just this, they get to pick what you, you discard. Right, or but if you have it. like a warrior and a rogue, or a wizard and a rogue, yeah, then then you're doing it. Yeah, like I think two cards is fine. I think two cards is fine. Where you just get like, so it's somewhere between burglar rats and kite sail freebooter. Well, I think it being a rogue and a one-two makes it better than burglar rats to start with. Fair, it, because it's going to get all the rogue stuff. It's going to get your uh, plus one, plus O from the green, blue, uncommon. It's going to get the buff from uh, Thieves Guild Enforcer. Yeah, I guess I guess my point is, like, just, like, in a vacuum, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of a burglar rat. Like, if that mm-hmm. card was playable, this is playable, right? The, the right. Yorion Blink burglar rat deck. Yeah. Like, you take out burglar rat because it rotates and you put in Acquisitions Expert. Mm-hmm. Right, but then it also like has a little bit more upside than kite sail freebooter. Like if you can get to like three, yeah, right, then you're not necessarily like just limited to, uh, you know, instant or sorcery. Right, right. You get like whatever they have, and like, if they have three cards yeah. in their hand, and you hit three, right, you get to take their best card. Yeah. and it just and you just discard it. Right, it's not yeah, like they, they don't get it back. Um, yeah, and this can hit lands. It can if they if they show you a land, right? So like most discard can't ever hit lands. Yeah, the fact that you get like if you get to two cards and like it's a land and a spell, like if they need if it's a five drop and they have two lands, you just take their like land and you're like good luck. Yeah, yeah. good luck casting that now. Yeah, no, I think it's good. I just like I think a lot of times it's going like in the rogues deck, it's burglar rats that gets buffs. Right, right. Because only you're only gonna really ever have one creature type. Mm-hmm. Again, like going back to humans, which is just a mush of creature types. Right. I don't know if there's like I I guess meddling mage is a wizard. It is. Um, I don't know if there's any warriors. I I don't know. I imagine Thelio's lieutenant or I think he's uh, a soldier. This champion a soldier also. I think I'm not sure, but yeah. there could be like synergies in that deck where maybe in a certain meta game would be better to play this than uh kite sail freebooter. Freebooter, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Freebooter flying is relevant sometimes. It, it is. It is. What about noble? 
is noble a cleric or is I she think it's a druid Dru- okay yeah so yeah i think this card is probably standard playable especially mm-hmm. like again using the burglar rats comparison yeah but in older formats it probably has to do a whole lot yeah oh so this next card i it just seems like they were like we need to just put a wall of text on something and maybe this text matters and maybe it doesn't oh it met all of this card matters <laughs> okay so, <laughs> tell me on all of this card mattering Nighthawk Scavenger is one black black for a one plus star three vampire rogue. So it goes in it goes in your vampires deck or it goes in your rogue deck. Okay. And it's vampire nighthawk. So it's flying death touch lifelink. Okay. So it's vampire nighthawk on the front end. Vampire nighthawk. And then it's Tarmogoyf on the back end. It gets its power is equal to one plus the number of card types among cards in your opponent's graveyards. So it's only your opponent's graveyard, so not quite Tarmogoyf. Well, right, but like all your rogues mill. Fair, fair. I just worry that like, when was the last time Vampire Nighthawk or a card like it was remotely playable? Um, like M12? I don't know. Would you have paid an extra mana? on your gifted Aetherborn to give it flying? Probably. I was going to say no. No, really? No. That card was good because it was a two, th- it was a two mana, two, three. Well, with that touch of lifelink. And this is yeah. also with that touch of and lifelink. Fair. I like this card is, this is a card that's either really good mm-hmm. or it's a quarter. Like, I don't think there's like a middle ground. Because it's a little well, too slow. I, guess I think that's a whole other conversation that I'm sure we'll have at some point during this standard because I think all of these cards are going to be a quarter. I think that there's going to be a handful of cards <laughs> that I'm going to pay way, have to pay way too much money for and then a bunch of cards that are just worthless. But I guess it's either like, it seems like it's almost too slow to be a sideboard card against like Mono Red. Oh, no, I don't think it's a sideboard card. I think this is your main deck Rogue's finisher. Oh, I I feel like Rogue's wants to be like two and three mana things and like Brazen Borrower is your big thing. Mm. Like I think Rogue, Rogue's wants to be a flash deck and just never tap out. Maybe. Uh, so, like, I the just the fact that, again, it doesn't do anything when it comes into play. Like, That's true. Like, I think three mana is a high bar. Yeah. And it's certainly no Uro. Yeah, it's no Uro. But I mean, just not even comparing it to Uro. Like, think about um, uh, Annex, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't do anything when it comes into play, but it makes it so all you have to kill it first because all of your stuff otherwise just dies into bodies. And right. it dies into a body. And it dies into bodies. Right? It makes you like wrath proof. Yeah. And this just gets swept up. So, like, That's I don't true. know. Like, it seems slow against the red decks. Mm hmm. Because, like, on turn, like, you know, the red decks are going to change, but on turn three, usually, like, you're in a world of hurt. Yeah. And you play this, and, like, maybe it's good enough. Maybe it's a brick wall, or it's just, like, a 1-3, and they're just, like, okay, cool. Uh, Scorching Dragon fire it. Yeah, Attack for seven. Well, I so tell then, you what. I will gladly order some foils when a quarter when this card's worthless. Okay. <laughs> and then And then when you break it. Yeah. 
we'll uh we'll be in the money we'll be in the money there we go yeah retirement baby <laughs> so how'd you retire nighthawk scavenger man that's right retired okay this next one's weird it is weird scourge of the skyclaves uh-huh one in a black yep with kicker four in a black and it's a star star it is and when you cast this spell if it was kicked each player loses half their life rounded up okay, okay. so for seven mana you just get to cut everyone's life in half. Mm-hmm. I think it was an unplayable like mythic from uh, Ixalan. Probably. Uh, Sounds familiar. And then it has power and toughness equal to 20 minus the highest life total among players. So it's symmetrical. It's not just Death Shadow. It's not just Death Shadow. It's both players. Yep. So have you... Uh, seen any of magic aids content uh not recently no he made a black red burn deck with a bump in the night <laughs> where this was like his payoff yeah. he was like you know i'm gonna fetch shock myself mm-hmm. and oh yeah i'm gonna like be just throwing burn spells at you and i'm gonna get to play like a two mana five five on turn three or whatever mm-hmm. and it looked reasonable there mm-hmm the thing that like people are hyped about in Commander is he has negative power in yeah. Commander. So what is the Nethroi? Nethroi, yep. It says you can bring back something with you can bring back ten power worth of stuff. Yeah. Well, with if you bring back him, he puts you at negative twenty. So you get thirty power worth of stuff. You get thirty power worth of stuff. <laughs> and he just comes on the battlefield and instantly dies, so you can do it again. Yep. So. I don't, it seems like it's a lot of work. Like the yeah. fact that you can't control it as easily as Death Shadow, like seems to make it bad. Also, when when I looked at this card the first time, for some reason I assumed it flew. Because it's a demon and it kind of looks like it has wings, yes. Well, it also looks it. like it's like in the sky. Yeah, I can't understand like what his pose is. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what is he doing? I don't know. But. Doesn't fly. Doesn't fly. And like the skyclaves are like these, like, aren't they these in the sky cities? Yeah. So he's like a. How did he get there? He's a a scourge of the skyclaves, but he's just like stuck on one. (laughs) Shaking his fist up at him. I'll get you. (laughs) Come down here. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. If you could, I don't know, a two mana, like, if you could, like, on turn three, consistently have like a two mana five five flyer. That could be a problem. That's you, true. Yeah. That could be bad. Yeah. I mean, would fit with like 2020 design perfectly. Right. So. I don't know. It was, it's interesting. Um, do you think this card pulls a death shadow where it sits around and does nothing for six, seven years, and then all of a sudden gets broken in half and is the best deck in a format? It could. It could just be something that like they print something that it's like, you pay two life, your opponent loses one mm-hmm. or something. And it looks like a bad card. And you're just like, cool. I'm going to pay 10. You take five next turn. Five, I'll play five. Like two mana five, five. Yeah. And then I'll play like two death shadows and then you're dead. What do you think about fail case on this card? It being like a seven mana, 10, 10. <sighs> like that's still like, not great, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
it makes it so it's not a hundred percent dead in your hand. But like the fail cases from like turn two to six, you just can't cast it. True. That's the real fail cases. It's just like a dead card. Mm Mm-hmm. Where you're just like, I can't do anything. Now, granted, hopefully if you put this in your deck, like this doesn't just go in like a black mid-range deck. Right. Like you put this in a very specific shell mm-hmm. where you're both damaging yourself and your opponent. Yeah. And I guess like mono black aggro doesn't have the damaging you part of it, but I'm sure you could like find that somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, is it? Was it Pitiless Horde, like the five three trample that like dealt damage to you or something weird for three mana? Mm, I don't remember. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. From Ixalan? No, no, no. Way back, like cons or oh. dragons or something. Yeah, I don't remember that one. Uh but maybe there's like some creatures that like attack and deal you damage. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, they're undercosted and they and then it's like, oh, like it's worth me taking two every time I attack with this because then I get to turn on my scourge faster mm-hmm. i mean you also have um just thought seize and shocks i mean that does the job for death shadow yeah but, but then you're you're, not... you need to deal that deal yeah. them damage and it's like the burn idea seemed good because like you just want to deal them damage and then just have a big body mm-hmm. and you're going to deal yourself enough damage with fetches and shocks and uh eidolons yeah so oh yeah i mean eidolon works pretty good with this too yes yeah, so i don't know it seems Oh, we also have the new Eidolon. Well, we'll talk about it in a minute. Yeah. We're getting there. So this next card everyone's hyped for. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't either. And that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it, because I don't think it's as good as people think it is. Yeah. Um, But it's Skyclave Shade. This is one in a black for a 3-1 shade with kicker two in a black. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skyclave Shade can't block. Uh, if it was kicked, it enters the battlefield with two plus one plus one counters on it. So it's a five three for five mana. And it has landfall. Whenever a land enters a battlefield under your control, uh, if Skyclave Shade is in your graveyard and it's your turn, you may cast it from your graveyard this turn. So the fact that you have to pay mana. Yeah is what holds this back. But it's certainly no blood guest. It's no blood guest. Um, uh, Saffron Olive was comparing it to uh, uh, Scrappy Scrounger. And was oh. like, oh, it's better than Scrappy Scrounger because Scrappy Scrounger runs out of food. And it's like, but you can Scrappy Scrounger at instant speed to get around sorcery speed removal. And yeah, that's true. Like, you know, so you don't have a land, but you're usually playing like an aggressive deck that's going to put creatures in the graveyard anyway. Yeah. And just like you, like late in the game, the fact that it has kicker means that, okay, fine, it can be a 5 3 mm-hmm. when you draw your like extra land, but it's still like, okay, I've got to draw a land and then do this on my turn and then get it bounced or, yeah. you know, raft or whatever. And there was, um, I, we had a bunch of them. There was a similar card in Origins. It was like oh, black, black. The Spoiler of Souls? Yes. Yeah. It's like black, black for a 3-1. I forget what the condition was to bring it back. Did you have to like exile two cards from your graveyard or something? I think it was black, black, and two cards. Yeah. Like, that card didn't see any play. 
because right. you had to pay a cost mm-hmm. and you get to pay a mana cost mm-hmm. and meet some other requirement. And this yeah. has pay a mana cost and draw land. Well, I mean, that card was also in the same format as Siege Rhino, though. Fair. And it did not block Siege Rhino very well. No. <laughs> no. But I guess my point, like, but it's not like, like, again, Saffron, I was like, oh, this will see play in Dredge. I'm like, no, it won't. No, it won't. I don't, no, I don't like, think so. Pay mana for it. Yeah. So, like, it could be, like, in, like, a, you know, they had mentioned, like, a mono black deck. Like, like, this would just take the spot that, um, uh, gosh, like, Scrap Heap Scrounger takes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, maybe you want eight of that effect? Mm-hmm. But like, I don't think I, you want eight of that effect. But I, I think Scrap Heap Scrounger is kind of better. Yeah. Right? On the turns where you just get to go, like, Hold up a Rock. removal spell, and if they don't play anything, bring back your scrap heap. Yeah. yeah, or like play a one, like draw a one drop, play it, and then play your scrap heap end of turn right. without having to hit a land drop. Yeah, like how many games of like um, Kalida standard did you win? Because like end of turn, you were like bring back a scrap heap, bring back a scrap heap, have six power, kill you. Oh yeah. Like bajillions of them, and that doesn't. This doesn't have that. Like you're or just, bring back a scrap heap, unlicensed disintegration. Your thing. Yeah, this yeah. has like, bring it back on my turn. Hope you don't play a planeswalker and kill it. Yeah. So yeah, like I see where they couldn't make it. So like, it would just be ridiculous if it also had flash on it. Yeah. Right. Like if it had flash, then you could just cast it on your opponent's turn. So like fetch lands would turn it on. Yeah. But like that's asking a lot. It is. So I don't. I don't. I don't see this card doing anything. No, it's it's fixed blood gassed, But a lot of times the fixed cards aren't anywhere near the power level as the actual cards. Yeah, I mean sometimes you get time spiral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But most other times you get unplayable thing. Right. So we fixed it. Yes, into the bulk box. You fixed it definitely into the bulk box. Check. Yep. Congratulations. Now we're on red. And this first card, uh, you you were a fan of. This card's a doozy. This is a cleansing wildfire. Uh, one in a red for a sorcery. It's common. Uh, destroy target land. Its controller may search their library for a basic land, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle their library. Draw a card. So you know what I didn't uh, realize or I've forgotten? What's that? This is a reprint of a card from Modern Horizons that they took a mana off of. Yes. Geomancer's Gambit is this card, but for two and a red. Uh Uh-huh. And apparently they were like, well, that didn't stop Tron. (laughs) Let's take a mana off of it and see if that makes it better. Yeah. Like, it's funny, like, the set that broke everything. They're like, yeah, this card's not not good enough to be played anywhere. Let's put it in standard. Yeah. Um, so this card is great as like a sideboard kind of card against decks that want very specific lands. So Tron, Valakut, Field of the Dead. Um, is there anything else that cares about specific lands? If we go back further, uh, 12 post. Oh, that's true. Dark Depths. Dark Depths. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, this is a... 
just an answer to it's not land destruction. Right. It's it's like Ghost Quarter, where you like get to get rid of a specific land yeah. and replace it mm-hmm. uh, with a basic. Mm-hmm. So one, like it'll incentivize you to play basics in standard. Which I mean, for, at least for a little while, you're gonna play some basics anyway. Yeah, but like if you, if you're in a situation where you're like not playing any basics, yeah, and you get two mana stone rained, you'll put like a basic or two in your deck. <laughs> yeah, because that, that feels once, awful. And you go never again. Right. <laughs> they just cast sinkhole. Yeah. Um. This also, I think, has some applicability in modern in yes. decks that want to really tax this effect. So in decks that play like Path to Exile, Ghost Quarter, Field of Ruin, where you're like telling your opponent to go get their lands, if you play enough of that effect, eventually they run out of lands and there's no downside. Lannan Arbiter. Uh, that also works. Jesus. Cat Jesus. Um, you had mentioned using it to ramp yourself where you dark still <laughs> where you do it on a dark seal citadel. Yeah. There's also flagstones of Trocare. Oh yeah, flagstones works too. Which you get to like ramp yourself. Like that was for a while a deck, mm-hmm. right? You would like boom bust. Yeah. You'd boom your indestructible land and get your blow up your opponent's land. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I don't think that we need rampant, like rampant growth you have to work for in modern probably isn't good enough. Well, it being in red might be though. Yeah. The fact that it's not an effect you normally get. Yeah. I mean, anytime something kind of bends the color pie a little bit, we should probably take notice of it. Yeah. So this one's interesting. Yeah, I think it's sweet. And it's definitely going to see play in, you know, Tron, not Mm -hmm. Tron, in like Jund against Tron. Oh, yeah. And, you know, maybe like, you know, a Ponza style deck where if you have to get rid of something early on. Mm -hmm. And it's target land. So, Mm -hmm. right, when you're like, Ponza player puts a bunch of Utopia sprawls on their forest. Yikes. You just get to get them. It's not basic or anything. Yeah. Same way against, like, if you go again to Legacy Enchantress. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice, yeah. Nice set of wild growths there. It'd be a shame if something <laughs> happened to that, that forest. Yeah. Now your Sarasanctum taps for a mana. <laughs> Yeah, I kill. That's right. I didn't kill your Sarah Sanctum. I killed <laughs> all the enchantments. Yeah. All right. So next up is uh, a failure in naming. Uh, <laughs> Leyline yeah. Tyrant for mm-hmm. two red red, and you should be thinking everything else. It's Leyline and two color color. I get to put in the game free. No, no such luck. This is a yep. four four dragon. It is <laughs> with flying and. You don't lose unspent red mana as steps and phases end. Mm-hmm. You just get to float red mana forever. So it's uh, Jelly Bean Omnath for red mana? <laughs> jelly Bean. Yes. What is uh, Locus of Mana? Locus of Mana, yeah. Jelly Bean Omnath. <laughs> it looks like a jelly bean. When he was happy. Yeah. Before he uh, got angry. And he just gotten angrier and angrier in more colors. That's right. Um, so, and then when this dies, you may put any amount of red mana. You may pay any amount of red. Mm-hmm. When you do, it deals that much damage to any target. Any target. Planeswalkers, so creatures, players. So you just like hang out and just wait till you can 
make someone dead. Also, that Brian Gottlieb deck where you make a bunch of mana and then fling something. I wonder oh, if you, yeah. is this a thing that you fling? Uh, I think it's a pretty good thing to fling. You're just like, oh, hey. Yeah. You're dead now. Yeah, make all of the mana and then oops. Oops, oops, you're dead. Yep. Um, like, so 4-4 four, four flyer for four? Mm-hmm. Fine. That's fine. It's at rate, right? It's at rate. I guess on some level, like you never have something to not do with your mana, mm-hmm. right? Like it kind of, it pseudo ramps you, mm-hmm. right? Not the turn it comes out, but like if you don't hit your land drop, you get to play your five on turn six, regardless of what you draw. Mm-hmm. Cause you're like end of turn, like float four mana. Yep. But on my next turn, I have eight mana or nine mana. If I draw a card. Can I, uh, can I mention a card to you? I, I think that's what we're doing. Iron Crag Feet. So you play Iron Crag Feet, you play this, and you have three mana floating? Mm-hmm. So it just like gets to deal three when it dies? Well, at least three. At least three? Yeah, you could Iron Crag Feet, Iron Crag Feet, Fling. Oh, no, I guess you can't do the Fling. Uh, well, you can't. You can only cast one more spell, so you can't do two Iron Crag Feets. You can do two, and nothing else. Just end up with like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> end up with a bunch of end up with ten mana in your pool. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you already had this in your hand and you cast two Iron Crag feats, you're all right. Yeah. Or if you already had it in play, I mean. Yeah. Um. Like, it's weird. It's it that like four mana four four flyer is fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, there's some decks that want a four mana four four flyer. The effect is whatever. Well, I think it depends on the deck, though. I could see this effect being really good. Like, I mean, think about just a big red deck or a bigger red deck. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that, like, those kind of decks, like, you want to tap out every turn. Mm-hmm. Now, eventually, you get to a point where you can't, and then, like, sticking the mana in, this is good. Mm-hmm. But, like, you want to go, like, two, three, four, five. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, like, if your four is this, on five, like, it's just a four four that has is a four four no text. If you play your five mana spell, right? But then on turn six, you're out of cards. Yeah, then it, then it does something. Yeah. I so mean, then I it d- does five damage to something when it dies. Fair. I don't know, like. It's weird because like it. I don't know if it does enough, which sounds odd. Right, like. If you were red green, would you play this or questing beast? Oh, uh, that's a good point. Right? Like I'm trying to think of like a black. Well, no, I mean I think this would be more more like I said, like a big red deck. Yeah, a big red kind of this deck. This isn't really a beat down kind of card. It's more of a, you know, big red I don't want to say controlly, but almost big red control deck. Yeah, you know like you're I mean? you're eliminating the creatures on the battlefield and you're sticking like a threat. And yeah, yeah. like if they're at if it's turn ten and you've got eight lands on the battlefield and you draw this mm-hmm. and immediately dump four mana in your pool. Mm-hmm. Like if they're, they can't, they might not be able to kill it. Right. Every- because then you just kill them. Yeah. Right. It's like, well, I guess I just have to chump block this cause you just eat me. Right. Also like, this is like the second card that we have like this or something that like, you just get to float mana. Like that's just going to be like, Weird in paper, if we ever play paper magic, you can track it, <laughs> right? What's the other one that lets you float mana? Omnath. 
Jelly Bean on meth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he wasn't here for the first part of this conversation. That was that was Robo James. <laughs> well, I, no, I thought you meant in standard. No, no, but in general, like, we don't we don't get these like yeah. just leave some mana in your mana pool forever cards. Well, like, Crufix did that too, right? Which one? Crufix, God of Horizons. Oh, okay, that one I don't remember. I didn't yeah, it was play the Simic God from Theros. Okay. I'm pretty but sure he we, was a... Uh, but we don't get that effect very often. Right. It just feels like it leads to a lot of, like, tracking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awkward. So, but yeah, this could be good, but yeah, I think it is just, like, a big red card. I don't think it just goes into, like, a gruel deck or anything yeah. like that. I think it's specifically, like, you're only playing red stuff. Yeah, no, I, I think you're 100% correct. Uh, next up, we have Magmatic Channeler. This is kind of a weird card, and cards that we've had like it have been good. So I wanted to talk about it and kind of get your thoughts because I don't, this is another card I don't think I've seen too many people talk about. It's a one and a red for a one three wizard that may be relevant. As long as there are four or more instant and or sorcery cards in your graveyard, Magmatic Channeler gets plus three plus one. Uh, it also has tap, discard a card, exile the top two cards of your library, then choose one of them. You may play that card this turn. So the first thing to note with that second ability is it lets you hit lands. It does. So that's good. Um, like, I think if there is if there is like a aggressive blue-red spells deck, this seems like a good two-drop for it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, again... Uh, and Sprite Dragon and this is your two drops. Yeah, it seems pretty and good. And then you just get to like go through your like cast again ops and shocks. Yeah. And get to a point where where then like this is big and your sprite dragon's big. Mm-hmm. Being a wizard lets you uh like have spell pierce. Yep. On your whatever thing. It's party time. Yeah. So I think it's reasonable. But it's just like, what does the deck look like around it? Um, I'm not sure. That's why I kind of wanted to talk yeah, about no, it. Like the, uh, the comparison that I was drawing was like Gitu Lava Runner saw a whole bunch of play. And mm-hmm. this is two Gitu Lava Runners in a trench coat. It is with like more text. With like well, a way with an to, extra ability, sure. With a way to go long in the late game. Yeah. Um, I think that... Oops. I think that uh, um, that that second ability could be good, like kind of let you power through in the fact that it feeds mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, that's the other thing is it, it kind of feeds itself. Like, I guess, is it... is Like, what kind of deck does it want to be in, though? It says, like, blue-red spells, but those decks are usually pretty aggressive. Mm-hmm. And, like, is a 1-3 good enough in that? Is a 2-mana 4-4 four, four good enough? I think a two mana four four late in the game, but like as your two drop, like you don't want to go like late in the game. Yeah. So like, you know, no, but, I mean, you could have this powered up on turn three though. You could, you could like an opt into this into like, yeah, opt opt or something. Or four. something that discards cards would do the same thing, like cathartic tormenting reunion. voice. Yeah, cathartic reunion. Charter course. Yeah, I mean the two mana four four side of it's good. Mm-hmm. It's like, how consistently do you get there? But no, I think that it's definitely worth looking at. I don't have yeah. a clear sense of like what it would go into. Well, 
the reason that it kind of drew my attention was the parallel with Gitu Lava Runner. Mm-hmm. And when we were going through the Dominaria set file, I certainly did not see Gitu Lava Runner and think, oh, this card's going to see play in every deck. True. And then it did. It definitely did. So, so next up, we have uh, the card that I'm sure uh, Patrick Sullivan designed. <laughs> Probably, if I had to guess. Rolling Vortex. It's a one of, r- roiling. Roiling. Oops, roiling. Yeah. Reading's yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, eyes look like L's. That's, That's all right. Uh, one of the red. Enchantment. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, roiling Vortex deals one damage to them. Mm-hmm. Whenever a player casts a spell, if no mana was spent to cast that spell, Roiling Vortex deals five damage to that player. A little late, buddy. Uh, (laughs) Red, your opponents can't gain life this turn. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of Sulfuric Vortex. Mm -hmm. Sulfuric Vortex does two. Right. And just says players can't uh, can't gain life. Yep. So the fact that the, like, can't gain life ability is, like, mana gated is... Not great. Uh, the second ability is like, hey, we thought fires might be too good, so maybe like six years after we print fires, we can put this in, or at least what felt like six years in standard. Yeah, I actually forgot about fires when I was writing this up. <laughs> fires was the last thing on my mind when I was talk- uh, writing up what to say about this card. Yeah, like I think this is a card that goes into, like it can just go into your mono red deck. Mm-hmm. Right, like on turn two, you play this, and the one damage to your opponent is worth way more to you than the one damage to you is. Yeah. Right? Like aggressive one drop into Roiling Vortex, and like they have a clock. Mm -hmm. And it's a clock that's like hard to answer. Right. Right. They have to bring in Disenchant, and they have to bring in Wrath of God. Yeah. As opposed to if it were just another creature, they could just bring in Wrath of God. Mm-hmm. So it taxes their sideboard slots. Yeah, and you also get to play a game with them. Did I bring it in? Did I leave it out? Yeah. Yeah, did I? It was, it was in my main deck. Did I take it out? Kind of right. thing. I think this deck card's probably main deckable. Probably. If there is like an aggressive red deck where this is mm-hmm. just like your finisher, you're just like, hey. Yeah, could be. I'm going to play this, and I'm going to just hold up a red, and your Uro is not going to like gain you any life now. That's true. So, like, I have to play a little bit off curve, but like on turn four or five, it's not hard for a red deck to be an aggressive red deck to be playing with extra mana available. Yeah. Um, this also does some kind of weird things to older formats too. It like randomly hoses all the forces: force of will, force of negation, force of vigor. Yeah. Um, it hoses suspend cards. Ooh. Very it true. hoses cascade. Ooh. Yeah. Get the um, Yeah. The uh, expertise cycle, not that that sees a ton of, you know, constructed play, yeah. but um, bring to light. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dreadhorde Arcanist. I mean, that could use a little hate. Yeah. That card is like the only thing doing historic, basically. Yep. Uh, Urza. Yeah. Stops the activated ability on Urza. Golos. Golos, yep. Uh, Isochron Scepter was the other one. That's a deep cut. It, it is, but it still works. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I think that if this gets played, it's going to get played for the first line of text. Yeah, and just kind of incidentally, if somebody 
whatever. Yeah. I think it's the first line of text, and the players can't gain life this turn, or opponents can't gain life, yeah. is the, like, sideboard application. Yeah. Where if it's not quite good enough for your main deck, it's in your sideboard. Mm-hmm. But there's probably going to be, like, in standard situations where this is just a main deckable card. Bring, bring it in against Soul Sisters. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's going to keep up one life and uh, one mana forever. Yeah. Forever. On your upkeep, pay red. Yep. <laughs> During Go your draw ahead. step. <laughs> In your draw step, red. Yep. Uh, All right, so next up we have Valakut Exploration. This is two and a red for another enchantment. Man, what's with these red enchantments? Uh, landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card for as long as it remains exiled. At the beginning of your end step, if there are cards exiled with Valakut Exploration, put them into their owner's graveyard, then Valakut Exploration deals that much damage to each opponent. So it's kind of a Outpost Siege, kind, kind of. of a Chandra Plus, like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, what is it? The, the good one, four mana. Uh, Torch of Defiance. Torch of Defiance, there you go. Yep. Yeah, like it's a, it's that Chandra's plus. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, in that regard, it kind of has a pedigree. Mm-hmm. Like that effect is playable. Yeah, and I think That's three it. mana is a pretty good rate for that effect. Yeah, basically for free every turn. It basically makes it so you can't flood out. Right. And like, if you do draw, if you do start to flood, and you put lands in exile. Those lands just ping your opponent down. Um. Do they? Yeah, because if uh, does that deals however many cards are exiled. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah okay, yep. Right, because you can't play your second land. Right. Yes. Right. For some reason, the first time I read that, I thought it was CMC. No, no, it's I just. I guess it's not CMC. It's number just the, of cards. the number. All right. Right. Like, if you're if you're playing historic, uh, mm-hmm. if you escape shift. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's pretty you, good. You basically get to like make fireballs out of your escape shifts. Mm-hmm. That also draw you a bunch of cards. <laughs> yeah, but if you like scape shift and have four mana floating, mm-hmm. and hit escape shift, and then eight them again, yeah. then there that are four and then you die. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it could be like you could see this being like a cyborg card out of red mm-hmm. decks, yep. where they're like, okay, I need to be able to go long. Mm-hmm. That mythical big red deck, mm-hmm. right? This is Absolutely. the way to like get card advantage because yeah. like they have to play 25, 26, 27 lands because they're playing four and five drops. Right. You just get to play this and then you just get to like churn through your deck. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't let you chain things like Experimental Frenzy did, but it's also a mana less, which is very relevant. Yeah. Well, like Experimental Frenzy was very good in like the aggressive decks. Yeah. With low converted mana cost, but it wasn't very good in like a big red deck. Yeah, that's true. Right. Where this would be like, hey, I just want to hit my land drop and then get another chance at a six mana thing. Yeah. It's also kind of cool that like you can play the land from exile and then it triggers itself again. Yeah. If you have a way to play a second land. Yeah. Like, I just thought, like, what about in, um, what is it called? Is it, it's just a tap my tongue. Uh, like, Mono Red Prison in, like, Legacy, 
Mm-hmm. Or like how many times did that deck they just don't have a Chandra? Yeah, and that's true. Draw a bunch of garbage. Mm-hmm. Right? They don't play a lot of lands. They play a lot of mana sources, so this might not be good enough. Yeah. But to just turn your lands in that deck into like rebuys mm-hmm. could be interesting. Mm-hmm. So that one's weird. It is but weird. Could be good. I thought it was worth talking about. It's no, different. I agree. I agree. Like it seems like it should have a home. It seems like at some point in its two years in standard, that card is going to be played in the sideboard of a red deck. Somebody will cast it somewhere. Someone will cast <laughs> it in like a tournament where they could win money. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have someone who started his life out as a token. Yeah. On the back of another card. <laughs> now. All grown up. All grown up. It's very own mythic. Ashaya, Soul of the Wild. Three Mm -hmm. green green. For a legendary creature, elemental. Mm -hmm. Sadly, we still don't care. Um, (laughs) uh, Its power and toughness are equal to the number of lands you control. Okay. Sweet. Non-token creatures you control are forest lands in addition to their other types. They still have some... Yeah, so its power and toughness are equal to the number of lands and creatures you control. Yes. Okay, that's weird. That is weird. Yeah. Also, if you're like living that commander life and you get Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you basically have also, Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. Um, it's just like a big, big, right? Like, I guess it lets you ramp if you have creatures. Um, I think it has more implications than that. Okay. Because it makes all of your creatures mana dorks, number one. It does. And then it also makes all of every creature you play trigger landfall. True, yes. So things like Felidar Retreat that we were talking about earlier. Doesn't work. What do you mean it doesn't work? The the cat doesn't trigger him. Right. But every creature you every, play yes, every comes along does. with a 2-2 or an anthem for your team. Fair. Yeah. I mean, that seems pretty good. It does. Um, you also have the retreat cycle from Battle for Zendikar. You do? Retreat the Coral Helm. Is that when... Let's that, you untap that, stuff? Doesn't let you untap a land? And untap a creature because like untap a creature you, you, would, you would loop with uh night of the reliquary yeah um so that might be interesting you all your creatures tap for mana and you can untap your creatures when you cast a creature yeah um retreat to hagra drains one when a land enters a battlefield mm-hmm. or when a creature enters a battlefield in this case yeah um retreat to Amiria makes more tokens they make one ones i think yeah, I guess uh, if you get a Nissa emblem, old Nissa, I guess uh, uh, who shakes the world, mm-hmm. all of your creatures get indestructible. Yeah, yeah, because they're forest too. Yeah, because all your creatures also tap for double mana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Yep. We did it. Yep. Oh man! If you turn if you turn like an island into a creature, it's just a breeding pool. <laughs> Build your own breeding pools. Build your own 3-3 breeding pools. Yeah. That then tap for double mana. (laughs) Cool. 
Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess it does do a lot of landfall stuff. Yeah. Um, it doesn't strike me as a card that gets to be like played and constructed. Uh, played and constructed, though. I I don't know. Like the the card is really weird. The more you think about it, and it I think we've said a bunch of times in the past that when there's a weird card that does something unique, you should pay attention to it. Yeah. So I certainly think this card is worth paying attention to. I guess it's it itself is also a forest because it doesn't see other non-token creatures. So yeah. it's a forest. I guess so, it triggers landfall. Does does it see itself enter the? It should. Yeah, I guess it would. Because like Gideon, right? Three mana Gideon uh, triggered like a creature under the battlefield stuff when it came into play. Like, because it's a creature on your turn. Yeah, I guess you're right. So this just has a static ability of, I'm a forest. Hmm. Weird. Weird. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's a that's weird card. Hard, that's the hard hitting analysis you guys want. Weird. weird. Um, another roiling card that I almost called rolling. <laughs> roiling. Roiling regrowth. Yep. What does this guy do? It's a two and a green for an instant. Sacrifice a land. Search your library for up to two basic land cards. Put them onto the battlefield. Tap. Then shuffle your library. Uh, had to say basic lands. It did. I'm so sick. Um, yeah. I think this card is probably constructed playable mm-hmm. because it gives you two landfall triggers. It does. And I don't know if he made it on here, but uh, new Omnath. Uh, I did not put him on here. We we can talk about him if you want to. But he really wants you to hit that second land drop. Yeah. In a turn. Yeah. So... Uh, I think any way that you can get to like two land drops to kind of like, so there's a few cards that are like when you do your second land drop, something else happens mm-hmm. or trigger landfall the second time. So I think yeah. the fact that this is here and also maybe like, maybe not an aggressive deck, but it could like, see that like red green deck where you go like the red step links into our brush guy, the, the hasty. Yeah. And then on turn three, you roiling regrowth and give your team effectively plus eight, plus eight. Mm-hmm. Or I guess it would be plus 12, plus 12, because you had to play a land on turn three. Yeah. And you're just like, are you dead? <laughs> and they might be like, I am. Okay, I cool. Yeah. Right, cool. like if you don't have a blocker, you die. Do you have a blocker? No, okay, you're dead. Um, it's also, this card is templated kind of weird, and I don't know if it matters or not, but this doesn't sacrifice on cast. It's it not sacrifices on resolution. So if your spell gets countered, you're not out of land like you are most of the time when things have this effect. Like Harrow is yeah. the, is like, I think almost the exact same card as for Harrow that come into play untapped. Yep. It is the exact same card. Well, yeah. And it's the other template. Yeah. And it's as an additional cost. So that's yep. usually how they work. Yep. It'd be like if your tor- if your uh, tormenting voice or your cathartic reunion was, discard two draw three right not like as an additional cost just like now this is resolved mm-hmm. they'd be way 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 better yep it's that templating so yep. this is good like you don't have that same like um risk like you do with like a crop rotation right so this is almost like a free roll mm-hmm. and in like a landfall deck it's just a pump spell mm-hmm. yeah and it's this would be two two landfall triggers on in addition to your land for turn 
Yes. So you have potential to get like three, three or four triggers in a turn. Yeah. And with our next card, that gets you to almost party time. It does. So and that's the is... kind of party you're thinking. <laughs> no, this is the kind of party with bugs. Bug party. Yep. This is a scoot swarm. So it's two and a green for a one-one insect, and it has landfall. When a land enters a battlefield under your control, create a one-one green insect creature token. If you control at least or six or more lands, instead you create a token that's a copy of Scoot Swarm. So, so then once you, start you hit making infinite Scoot Swarms, yeah. Once you hit six lands, this gets like you get exponential growth Scoot Swarms. Yeah. So like the so when you hit your sixth land, you get like a one one and a Scoot Swarm. Then your seventh is two Scoot Swarms and Two one ones. No. Or you just make scoot swarms. You just make scoot swarms. So on your sixth land, you'll make a scoot swarm. Okay. On your seventh land, you'll make two scoot swarms. Gotcha. Okay. No more one ones. Gotcha. No okay. more one ones. Just scoot swarms. Just scoot swarm one ones. Yep. And imagine if you had Felidar Retreat. Yeah. On them. Make them, them all them. big. There we go. Yep. I guess, like, in an Uro deck, Mm -hmm. this is good, like, where you can get to your sixth land early. Or Roiling Regrowth. Yeah, you just have a way to, like, I guess we have, like... Cultivate. Migratory Path. There's a ton of way to get to, like, a bunch of lands. Mm -hmm. It's it's 2020 standard. Like That's all you do is play lands. That's all all we're going. We're going to play 40 land decks. Mm -hmm. That'd be great. (laughs) It's going to swarm people out of games. I mean, this this card kind of does a lot for three mana, though, right? It does. It does. Like, I think it's one of those cards that you play on four. Mm-hmm. Where you, like, Just so you make... get your token? Yeah, because like a three mana 2-2 two, two is fine, mm-hmm. right? If you get your 1-1 like, one, one plus your 1-1. One, one. Right. But if it's if it's just a three mana 1-1, one, one, like, that's definitely not good enough. So yeah. I think you need to wait to get paid. Mm-hmm. But then, like... If you do that, and then if your turn, um, like, then if you, or like, you know, if you're feeling frisky, you do this on three, and then you migratory path on four. Yeah. Right. Then it sees six land, your six land come in effectively twice. Yep. And you get two scoot swarms. Yeah. And then, like, you're just off to the races. Will you get two scoot swarms, or will you get three scoot swarms? Because one of, uh, I guess it wouldn't see the landfall. Yeah. Yeah. It comes in at the same time. Yeah. So, but yeah, you would just get like a bunch, and then you would just kind of like go off. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I mean, the downside is there's absolutely zero wrath protection, and they're pretty fragile. They are very fragile at like mana one ones. All of your effort dies to pyroclasm or the red fake pyroclasm. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm sure people are going to lose a lot of limited games with this card. Um, I'm sure I'm going to play against somebody on Arena that crashes Arena with this card. Like, what is like? Why is that like like a subset of Arena decks? Is crash <laughs> Arena? Like, it's just like every week Saffron Om's like, we're going to crash Arena with Anointed Procession. We didn't crash it last week. We're going to crash it with Arena. Crash Arena with Anointed Procession. I'm like, why? Yeah. Why? Okay. Like. 
Cool. Like that's not like we don't get five hundred gold for that, do you? Hey, this card works with anointed procession. <laughs> oh, it does. <laughs> it does. Yeah. In a big way. Yeah. All right. So now we are to the gold cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Grekma, Skyclave, uh, Ravager. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is one green black for mm-hmm. a zero zero that mm-hmm. enters with three plus one plus one counters on it. Right. So it's a three mana, three three Hydra Horror. Correct. And whenever another creature you control dies, if it had a plus one plus one counter on it, put a plus one plus one counter on Grakma. Okay. Okay. And when Grakma dies, create an X, uh, create an XX black and green Hydra creature token where X is the number of counters on Grakma. Okay. So if it doesn't get exiled, it's kind of a more expensive um, voice of resurgence where it dies into another creature. Right. Right. Those are usually good because they're sticky mm-hmm. and they're just hard to remove. Yep. Uh, like it is like it's scorching Dragonfire range off the rip. Yeah, that's awkward. It is. Um, again, I apparently don't understand the story well enough. Another thing that is uh, doing stuff in the sky clay so it doesn't fly. <laughs> We are we are o for two for things that terrorize people in the sky that, that don't fly. Blind. Doesn't even a have lot, reach, man. Don't hydras have reach? They should. It's just a lot of this. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Get down here, <laughs> roar! <laughs> you um, better not fall. I will catch you. <laughs> so I think that um, like this is a fine card. Like it reads good, mm-hmm. right? Doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, think so. It reads I think the, the card good. Should be good. Um, it it guess it doesn't dodge heartless act. It doesn't. Yeah, he needs to remove three plus one plus one counters. Well, I mean, it depends what else you're playing alongside it, like winding constrictor or the white conclave green mentor. thing. Yeah, conclave mentor. Yeah, I if mean, they make it outside heartless act range. Yeah, I mean, you're, you, you're working you get, for it, but if you get it big enough, I guess with winding constrictor, it's just good mm-hmm. but the fact it's legendary yeah. kind of like because in that kind of deck you want to be like i've got my four winding constrictors and my four of this other thing yeah and um, i mean it also like it curves right into pelucranos oh yeah so you're just like black green counters yeah i mean I, I don't know what else is out there for the archetype i really didn't think about it a whole lot i was just thinking that you know a three three that dies into a three three's it is historically good. Yeah. So Worth looking at at least. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Like, I think it gets like a lot of red decks mm-hmm. again, like, you know, things like mono red is like your litmus test. The fact that it just like eats a thing mm-hmm. and comes back as a three, three to eat another thing or trade with another thing. Yeah. Is like perfect. Like it's perfectly sized to like kill a bone crusher giant and then kill a bone crusher giant. This is true. Which is, you know, like getting two blockers out of one and like they're both like reasonable creatures so they're both three threes mm-hmm. and that's not counting if you do have some sort of synergy right so um is this the card that pushes the ozolith <sighs> like we have ozolith pelucranos this 
um, Stone Coil Serpent. Maybe. I mean, Stone Coil Serpent is good with this just because, like, now you have a thing that has counters that can die. Yep. Or that you, like, you're not worried about trading. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess you only get one counter. So, if, like, you had a 5-5 five, yeah. five, uh, Winding and uh, Winding Constrictor, uh, Stone Coil Serpent. This only gets one counter. Right. But if I you had two 1-1 one, one Stone Coil Serpents. Oh. But I guess the Ozolith gets to eat the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Well, it gets to eat all of them. Yeah. Well, yeah, it gets to eat all of them. Yeah, it's not like it moves. Yeah. No, I mean, I guess if there's like ugh, a sacrifice deck, <laughs> uh, right, this is two bodies. Yeah. Like the uh, the Collected Company Jun sacrifice deck in Historic. The only thing to play. Yeah. Or one of the only things to play. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that kind of like doesn't do anything other than be like a body, but like right. that might be good enough to just have extra like disposable slash like multiple body creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, we have again my my pet card. Uh, next up, another Golgari card. I wonder what kind of cards we like to play. I don't oh, know. I don't know. <laughs> um, Nissa of Shadowed Bowels. So yep. uh, two green black. For four loyalty Nissa, mm-hmm. and it has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, put a loyalty counter on Nissa. Ooh, that's a pretty good landfall trigger. It's very good, and it also still has a plus one, which is uh, untapped target land you control. You may have it become a three-three elemental creature that has haste and menace until the end of turn. It is still land. Ooh, it gets menace too. I missed that the first time around, and it's a may on turning it into a creature. So it can oh, just so you be can just untap something. Untap. Yeah. So this is like pseudo a three mana planeswalker. Mm-hmm. Right. In the same way that like Nissa was a, the uh, who shakes the world was a three mana planeswalker or big right. fairy was three mana where it pays you one of those mana back. Mm-hmm. And then minus five, you may put a creature card with converted mana cost X or less or sorry, X Cost less than or equal to the number of lands you control onto the battlefield from your hand or graveyard with two, count them two, plus one, plus one counters on it. Ooh, that plays with Grekmaw. It plays with Grekmaw, which, so I see Nyssa in like, like in, let's say, Pioneer, mm-hmm. where you have to do a little bit of work, but in a situation where you can like Nyssa and then play a Fable Passage and get her up to six mm-hmm. down tick and like put in like a Niv, like yeah. a, uh, a, a Niv-Mizzet Reborn, yeah. where this is just like Fires of Invention. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're getting to like ramp into Nissa somehow that you can like on turn four hit your fifth land drop and it's a fetch mm-hmm. and you're just like, okay, down take my Nissa, still have my Nissa, and then put a big five mana threat into play. Yeah. Is like like what I see her being like best at. Well, and like the Niv decks play Uro though, right? They so do. You're, you're gonna have an extra land drop. Yeah, I think that like the like the Niv decks is currently constructed play like Paradise Druid and uh Sylvan Carriated. I think yeah. if you build them that they're more focused on hitting their like having extra land drops and you play growth spirals mm-hmm. right now you've got like 
your heavy blue green because you've got Uro, Grow Spiral, and um, Bring Delight. Right. But like you've got all these like blue green cards that hit. You're at least going to hit one of them. Yeah. And then you have like all your like kind of like catch all blue green answers and like being you know more blue green that lets you play like Supreme Verdict as your Wrath. Right. That you can like go get off your Niv if you need a Wrath. Mm-hmm. You know if you're seven seven Niv that flies <laughs> doesn't like handle the situation. You can be like I guess I'll get my Supreme Verdict. <laughs> Um, but like on the early turns, like you could like ramp and like it not be a creature and then bring to light for a Supreme Verdict, mm-hmm. which you like wouldn't want to do if you were like played a Paradise Druid. Right. Or a Sylvan Carry at it or whatever. Yeah, so it like gives you a little bit more like flexibility to play like sweepers in the early game mm-hmm. so that late game, like so that you can then kind of get to that late game where you can like you know, on turn four or five, basically put nine mana worth of stuff into play. Mm-hmm. So that was my first thought with her was like, how can you like get to her to six, the turn she comes out and get to yeah. immediately down tick. And I think if you can do that, you're, you're living the dream. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's, it's a good all- card going to see play. And I imagine if you put a Golos into play and then you go get to Ooh. get a land, to like Ooh. put another counter on her. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, Let's we did do it. it. Um, we're going to, again, a podcast ad does not have to throw this in here, but we'll throw it in for uh, the people. And that's Omnath, Locus of Creation. Yeah, so this is four-color Omnath. I'm going to let you read it because I don't have it in front of me here. Okay, I have it up right now. So he is red, green, white, blue. So not black. Not black. He is Omnath, not black. Uh, he's a 4-4. Four, four. And when he enters the battlefield, draw a card. So immediately replaces himself. That's four mana, good. four, four that replaces himself. All right. So then his landfall is just a wall of text. Landfall. When a land enters battlefield under your control, gain four life. If it's the first time you've activated this landfall ability. If it's the second time, you add red, green, white, blue. You basically pay for Omnath. Mm-hmm. And if we've said anything, <laughs> it's that... These four mana spells that pay for themselves yeah. are usually a bit of a problem. Yeah. And then if it's the third time you've triggered um, that ability, deal four damage to each opponent and each planeswalker you don't control. Whew. So, turn three, Uro. Turn four, Omnath, draw a card, play Fabled Passage, crack it. <laughs> Get four mana. Play rolling a uh, roiling green thing. What was that one? Roiling uh, roiling regrowth. Roiling regrowth. Yeah. For each planeswalker and your opponent. Yikes. Like that does not seem it seems like a very good draw, yeah. but it doesn't seem like a fantasy. Right. And like you can get to play like Bant. Splash red, teamer, mm-hmm. splash white, really, mm-hmm. are kind of your options, kind of however you want to build it. And with Omnath, like, it's just kind of like a free roll. And you have the Triumphs. Yeah. Right? Like, you have a teamer and a Jeskai Triumph. Yep. So it's not hard to, like, splash, like, white off of a couple Triumphs. 
Well, we also have uh, the new dual lands that we're going to talk about in a little bit, but we have three of them and four of them in those four colors. Yes, we have basically all of them. Yeah. So, like, I feel like it's kind of like you're playing a three color deck where you kind of have a trivial splash of a fourth color just for this. Yeah. And like you're kind of building to at least getting two land drops in that first turn. Mm -hmm. Because, like, then it's like draw a card, gain four life get all the mana back it's yeah. like super uro if you put two lands into play yeah or I mean, you know you get your mana back and you play in azusa yeah like, i mean that does it too mm-hmm. or um even if it's like draw a card gain for life like mm-hmm. uro has proven that is good enough like that just <laughs> like invalidates um Monoret. aggressive decks right yeah could you like, how many concessions are there going to be to turn three Uro, turn four of this, four math play a land? Like, yeah. your opponent does mountain, mountain, <laughs> and then you do that. You gain they seven just, on your next two turns. They're like smashing the gear, yeah. trying to get the concede button until you, before you gain the four life. <laughs> and just like can never lose this matchup because yeah. I just have incidental gain a third of my life on turn four. Mm-hmm. So. Um, there's a lot of people that think this card is going to be like super constructed playable because it's just like everything we do in con- in constructed now. Yeah. Oh, also, that four mana casts a migratory great path. It does. You hit your second land and the migratory great path. Them. <laughs> Woo. Woo. So many lands. So so many lands. Yeah. And also, um, this is. 100% the definition of commander gold. <laughs> like, this is the most commandery card to commander ever, right? Yeah, probably. Like, you play this as your commander, and then you just get to play all the other Omnaths, too? Oh, yeah. Like, you're just tribal Omnath? Just wait till next time we go back to Zendikar and we get five-color Omnath. And you just slide this Omnath into the, into the, one, into the 99? Right, and you, and you put the new one in the commander? Hand. Yeah, like here we go. <laughs> We're doing this now, and like he's gonna have seven landfall abilities. If you're set, if it's the seventh time you've activated this ability this turn, you win the game. <laughs> and you're just like, we could probably minutes. make that happen. Five mana Omnath, scape shift. That's right. Yeah, let's do it. Let us go. All right, so we got one more gold card, and then we're gonna talk about some cycles. And then we're going to talk about some cards our listeners wanted to hear about. Yeah, um, so go ahead. So the last gold card is Zareth San, the Trickster. This is three blue, black for a 4-4 four, four Merfolk Rogue with Flash. Of it course. Has flash. It has Flash. <laughs> it has Flash. <laughs> um, you can pay two blue, black to return and... Uh, Unblocked attacking rogue you control to its owner's hand and put Zerus San the trickster from your hand onto the battlefield tapped and attacking. So it's ninjutsu, an unblocked creature. You just kind of switch for this thing. Yes. Um, Whenever Zerus San deals combat damage to a player, you may put target permanent card from that player's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. So um, not only... Is he like a, you know, a way to do like 
play a, an Ugin on turn four from mm-hmm. your opponent's graveyard. After you've milled it? After you've milled it. Also, he is uh, removal protection. Mm-hmm. Right? They, you're in combat. They can't use a removal spell because you just ninjutsu your guy away. Well, it's got to be an unblocked creature. But still. Yeah. Like, they, like if they're like, huh, like... Go to blocks, block away. like this, kill your guy. Yeah, steal away. No. Yeah. No, put it away. Yeah. Yoink. Uh, also, uh, F's in chat for Zerasan, because uh, he's dead now. He's, what do you mean he's dead? He's the guy who dies in the trailer. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's the guy who dies no. in the trailer. No. Sorry, uh, buddy. Like, this is your top-of-the-curve... Um, Rogue's finisher. Yeah, so not Nighthawk Scavenger, this guy instead? I think this guy instead. Yeah, no, I, mean, I think it, you're right. It plays with the Flash thing, mm-hmm. right? Like, that deck is probably never going to want to tap out. Right. Let's think about, like, blue-black... Um, well, I mean, if you Rogue Jitsu this guy and you're tapping out... You are, but hopefully then you just bury them Yeah. with whatever you... Because you're like, I don't think you're going to do it unless you are going to just, like annihilate them like you're not gonna be like well i got a tutu mm-hmm. right but like you know you have this guy at your top end and it's just like uh simic flash mm-hmm. where now it costs one more than night pack ambusher but still like you know you pass with five mana and yep. it's counter spell or this mm-hmm. which do you play into right and it's like well i guess I guess I won't cast a spell. And I was like, cool, here's my 4-4. Four, four. Yeah. And it, like you had mentioned that, um, uh, like, if it, what card it was, doesn't have the snowball like yeah. Simic does. This snowballs, right? Well, Each card is not blocked. You just get the best thing in their graveyard. Right, but you still have to work for it. You do. But again, like, all your rogues mill. Like, their graveyard is going to be full. Right. What I mean, though, is, like, you know, they can just jump block this thing and you're not you're sure you're eating their chump blocker but you're not getting anywhere like the, the thing the thing that was so punishing about night pack ambusher is it could just sit there and yeah, eventually you would have more wolves than they have blockers and then you kill them yeah like this I mean, doesn't do that i am i am fine to not have another night pack ambusher oh yeah yeah no i agree i i am not like oh shucks i really wish i could lose games to their four mana play on turn 12 yeah you know I'm, i am fine with this but I think this is the kind of like that you just like get to play that like draw go and just do everything on their turn. Because mm-hmm. I mean, uh, what's it? Is it Lillian a standard bearer? He's not a rogue, is he? He's a zombie. I don't think thing. so. The three one. Yeah, I'm not sure what Other he is. Flash creature, zombie something. Zombie something. I think this card is it's probably like, like a zombie warrior, and it fuels party and makes that counter spell great. Probably. <laughs> yeah, it, it is just the ran- it gives you the random other like party member. Yeah, to just get them. I kind of want to know what it is now. <laughs> yeah, flash it in. Just like and then you got to pay three. Like no, yeah. <laughs> um, no. But I think like this is kind of like a two of like your finisher. Like I don't mm-hmm. think it's like a bunch, but I think you're like right. you need that hammer mm-hmm. that like lets you like steal games. Yeah, because again, like you know, modern magic. I think the tempo decks have the problem of like. If you have a counter spell and you need a removal spell, yeah, then you're screwed, mm-hmm. right? Or if you draw your removal spell and like they resolve a planeswalker, 
you're done. Yeah. Right. Um, and this gives you a way to like on turn four, you can just be like, well, I guess I'm going to snag that and make the game about whatever big thing I took. Oh, I, I hit your elder Gargaroth. Yikes. No, I have a, no, I have an elder Gargaroth and now you've got to like deal with both of these. Yeah. Actually, that's a pretty good play because you're going to get your value off the Gargaroth and that's the Gargaroth's biggest downside is yeah. it may not get immediate value. Yeah. So all of these cards have seemed pretty good. Pretty good. They, I think, are quaint and cute <laughs> and near meaningless compared to the cycle of mythic modal double-faced cards that we got. Okay. Well, let's talk about them then. So um, all of these cards are, for the most part, a wildly overcosted spell on the front side. Mm-hmm. And a land that can come into play untapped if you pay three life on the backside. Correct. And what this lets you do is in the early game, it's just a land. Mm -hmm. And in the late game, it's a spell that you wouldn't really want to put in your deck. But it's also not a land. Yeah, but because it's on the back of a land, like you hit your third land drop because of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you also got to play a seven drop because of it right? later in the game. Like, it's just going to kind of change how we build decks for the next two years in standard. Yeah. And it's probably just going to change how we build decks in magic in older formats. Yeah. Just going forward. Just going forward. Yeah. Like, usually, I've done a lot of talking before I tell you what they do. But usually, <laughs> I look at, like, the mythics in a set. And there's like one or two. I'm like, yeah, I should probably have this. Mm-hmm. I feel like you just have to have the complete cycle. Yep. Because they are going to get played from legacy to standard. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like just from the just from the just from looking at them, you're like, oh yeah, these get played everywhere. Yeah. So the white one is Amarius Call on the front side. Mm-hmm. It's four white, white, white. And you get to create two 4-4 four, four white angel warrior tokens with flying. And non-angel creatures you control gain indestructible until your next turn. And on sure. the back, it's... I don't know what it is on the back. But on the back, it's a land that taps for white and can come into play untapped. Yep. Right? You would never put seven mana make two 4-4s four in your deck? No. No, not at all. I think it's like the unmiracled mode of um, entreat. Entry yeah. Is is this. But if it hits your land drops and then turn 15, you draw it and you're like, I don't have anything else to do. Sure. Make some four fours. This is way better than me drawing land. Right. Right. It was way better than you missing your third land drop to have this in your deck. Yep. And it was way better than you drawing your. Uh, 16th land right when you drew it you're just like okay like there's no there's no deck building constraint right, right. there's no there's no tension mm-hmm. kind of like the companions when you're like like for most of these there's no deck building constraint they're just yeah the the bar is not high enough to make you not do them mm-hmm. the bar on these is not high enough to make you not do them 
Now, I forget. I, I've heard different people say which one's best and which one's worse. I think the blue one's the worst one. Okay, what's the blue one do? It's four blue, blue, blue. blue. Yes. Uh, draw cards equal to the number of cards in your hand plus one. You yes. have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game. Like, yeah. so it's like it requires you to like keep have cards in your hand. Like, yeah. it's a horror show at you top deck this with no cards in your hand. <laughs> Seven yeah. mana cycle this. Right. No, thanks. Yikes. But you have to have like two or three cards in your hand when you draw it. Mm-hmm. to make it like even remotely close to like worthwhile right but again if you're like a control deck it helped you hit your third land mm-hmm. and all i've got three cards in my hand or i have two cards in my hand i guess i'll draw three for seven mana because what else am i gonna do on turn 16 well i mean you definitely play this in like omnitel though right probably because it's just a free roll land that when oh you have goodness. omniscience out, you get to. Oh my god! Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> in the okay, we're 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 brainstorming right now, uh, <laughs> and in uh, the Pioneer Lotus Field decks, the the old ones yeah. that would um, Fay of Wishes to get an omniscience. Oh yeah, and then you start. A, so then you just have these as your lands. Yeah. And then when you get your omniscience, you're like, draw 10. Sure. No max hand size for the rest of the game. In. But, like, that's just it. Like, there's no, like, even in, like, Legacy, like, I think that, like, the white one is playable in, like, Miracles. No, 100% it's playable in Miracles. Oh, hey, I hit my land drop. Yeah. That's all I want to do the first, like, six turns of the game. Right. And, oh, oops, I guess it's my win con. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, cool. I mean, that, that's a whole nother deck that these will see play in. Yeah, it's like, cool. I guess this works. Yeah, well, I meant oops. Yeah, oop. <laughs> the black one. The black one is a four of in that deck. Yeah. The black one is great. You have two of them in a chrome mox. You have two mana. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, So I think this this card is just, I think it might be the worst one, but I think it's still, like, playable in just about any deck. Mm-hmm. That like once blue mana at any point, right? Uh, what's this one called? Adims? Agims? Agadims? Agadims Awakening? Yep. Hooked on phonics. It makes me- <laughs> it's a X black 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 for a sorcery. Return from your graveyard to the battlefield any number of target creature cards that have a different conver- converted mana cost X or less. So again. Like you said, like the oops all spells deck in Legacy mm-hmm. just wants some black mana. Right. This is a spell. It doesn't get it doesn't stop you when you go to mill yourself out. Right. Um hey, I'm playing Death Shadow in Modern. Mm-hmm. You know what I want to do? I want to land that bolts me. Right. <laughs> and then when I draw it late in the game, it's four mana, get a death shadow out of my graveyard. Yep. Um I'm have this like pioneer like uh Jun Stormcaller, uh mm-hmm. the the Stormcaller that comes into play, put enchantments on in the oh, battlefield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It plays Call of the Death Dweller. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I want to cut a Call of the Death Dweller or two to put two of these in. So yeah. I hit my third land. And then oh yeah, by the way, it's also a lot of mana, but it brings back a Citrus Supplier, a Meyer Triton, or a a Seder Wayfinder yep. and a Stormcaller. 
that six mana bring back three creatures so my graveyard presumably kill you <laughs> hope so great yeah um so i think this one is like they were talking about it on arena deck list that it was um is like it doesn't it can just be your land but it can mm-hmm. also also it can also be your plan okay right it's like you don't have to build the deck where this is like what you're trying to do mm-hmm. but it can also be what you're trying to do okay right like it can just be the oh, I guess this is in my deck so I can bring back some creatures' value late in the right. game. But it can also be like, yeah. Or it can also be like, I'm going to throw a bunch of creatures in my graveyard and then I'm going to bring a bunch back. It's mm-hmm. it's weird just because it's like, it's good as like, it's just there. And it's also good as your build around. Yeah. And it's also your land. Mm-hmm. It, no, I think this card's great. I I think this is one of the best ones. I think it is too. Yeah. Uh, Shatter Skull Smashing. Okay. X Red Red for a sorcery. Mm-hmm. It deals X damage divided as you choose among up to two uh, target creatures and or planeswalkers. Okay. If X is six or more, Shatter Skull Smashing deals twice X damage divided as you choose among them instead. Ooh, so at 12 something? Or six two, is two things. Two, yeah. Um, like it's a bad removal spell, but it's a mm-hmm. removal spell on a land, right? So it has no downside, right? Right. I mean, you look at your opening hand and you're like two lands in this, and you're like, eh, I guess I'll just play this as my land tapped on turn one. Sure. And then on turn six or turn, you have eight lands. You're like, mm-hmm. I'll six two things. Yep. Time to six something. Okay. Two somethings. Yeah. It's just. They have no deck building constraints. We've seen what happens when this happens. These are just four ofs in every deck. Yeah. And then we have the last one, which people are saying might be the worst. Okay. Turn Timber Symbiosis. Okay. What's this one do? Green, green, green for a sorcery. Look at the top seven cards of your library. Put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield. If it has converted mana cost three or less, it enters with three additional plus one, plus one counters on it. Put the rest of the cards in the bottom of your library in a random order. Yikes. And the backside is a land. Right. Front so, side's not great, but backside the front side's is... not great, but again, it's like you're mono green. Mm-hmm. Right? The the games you lose is mono green, right? Or when when you miss your miss your fourth land drop and don't get to play your questing beast. Mm-hmm. Well, now you get to play like a sneaky 28 land deck. Mm-hmm. Because you play four of these, and then late in the game, you're just like, oh, I guess I'll right. pay. I'm willing to pay seven mana for my questing beast. Yeah. Or, I mean, the other thing is this thing digs deep too. Like really seven deep. cards is a lot. So seven mana to, uh, I mean, a lot of the cards that are, a lot of the decks that are going to want this effect are kind of combo y decks anyway. You're looking for specific creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, and this does a pretty good job of digging for them while also being a land. Yeah, like if you have a deck that makes a bunch of mana but then needs a creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like elves. Like, like elves or I was going to say like a vizier combo. Yeah, that too. Right, like it's your land drop so you can play your elf, mm-hmm. but it's also your way to like... Oh, it finds walking ballista and cats plus, puts three counters on it. It does. It does That's all those cute. things you just mentioned. That's yeah. cute. I hadn't thought of that until just then. 
Yes. So, like, I don't think you cut the cord of callings because right. you need two of your pieces, mm-hmm. but you might be able to trim some stuff around the edges and just go up some lands. Mm-hmm. So, like, how many modern decks would, like, play 20 or 22 lands because they don't want to flood mm-hmm. and would just be happy playing 24 or 25 lands so they hit their land drops? Right. And like this just is like fine. I get to play. I get to never miss the land drops I need to hit, mm-hmm. and I just get the back door into not flooding out. Yeah. Like I think Shadow Skull Smashing, like in like mono red, you don't really ever want to cast the front side, but like if you got to go from nineteen lands to twenty one, mm-hmm. and just had like a bad removal spell that you could draw on turn four and like kill two things and get in damage. Or, uh, or also hit your second land because you're playing now 21 lands. True. It's great. Like, the, the downside on the cards is, like, they do a thing. Mm-hmm. And the upside is they let you play magic. Right. And we've not had that as, like, an option. Right. Before. Yeah, I think they're really good. Um, yeah. I think there's some others that aren't in this mythic cycle that are at least worth considering also. Yes. Um, And if it's, you know, if that's the reason that you have for, you know, playing, going up a land, you know, air quotes land is that, you know, you want something that can also be a spell. Maybe some of these other ones are worth looking into also. Yeah. Um, We're just going to rip through these real quick. Um, some of them may be better than others. Um, these are just ones that I thought were kind of, you know, might be relevant in formats going forward. Um, Sajiri Shelter is one in a white for an instant. Target creature you control gains protection from the color of your choice till end of turn. So it's a protection spell that is also a planes if you need it to be. Um, this Come comes into play tapped, tapped so it, you don't have the option to pay life for it. But it's a protection spell that can also be, you know, your land drop. Like the card shelter was mm-hmm. played was like a playable magic card for years, mm-hmm. and like on turn like on turn one, this is your land drop, right? And then again on turn five, you save your creature with right. your land drop. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, we talked about one last week that was uh, what two and a blue lets you uh, look at the top six cards, pick a non-creature. Was it just a non-creature? I think it's instant or sorcery. Instant or sorcery. Um, put it in your hand, and it's a land on the backside. Um, yeah. I think that one's pretty good. Also, like with all of these that are lands on the backside, like all these instant and sorceries, it also helps you hit your land drop. Right. Like if you're like, well, end of turn, I'm going to spin the wheel. And you're like, well, I'll take this spell in case I don't draw my land. Mm-hmm. Or so, that land is your, or that or spell that is, is your, your land. land. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this week I was going to talk about Jawari Disruption. It's yes. uh, one in a blue for an instant counter target spell unless its controller pays one. So it's like worse for Spike, but it's a land. It's sensor. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It is just sensor because it's it cycles for a land. Yeah. You don't have to pay for it's It's a sensor that has zero mana cycle for a land. Right. Right. Because a lot of times, like if your opponent didn't do anything on two, you cycled your sensor to hit your third land. Mm-hmm. Like now it's just your third land. It loses the like in the late game. This one's dead. Relevant. 
yeah, this one's dead in the late game, kind of in, on both sides, right? Right. You have nine lands, you don't want your tenth. Well, this is kind of better in the mid game, though. I think so. I agree. So, where you can, where you can like plan on this is going to be my fifth land drop, right. unless I have to counter their four. Yeah, it's either going to be a hard counter on three or four, or it's going to be your fifth or sixth land. Yeah. Um, Hagra Mauling. Mm-hmm. Two black, black, instant. This spell costs one less to cast if an opponent controls no basic lands. Destroy target creature. And the backside is a tapped black source. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we were talking about it, and someone was like, this is busted. And I kind of poo-pooed a little bit. I was like, is this best case is murder. Mm-hmm. But I think that what I said was they had to work really hard to try to balance these because yeah. I don't think you can balance them. I think they're just busted. So, like, mm-hmm. yes, four mana kill a thing is not great. Right. It's bacon to a pie without the bacon to a pie giving you a food. But it's also your land. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, like, I think the thing is, is, like, I don't think you cut lands to play these. I think you might cut one or two lands, but I think you would end up being up lands from what you would normally play. Yeah. If you're someone who plays 25 or 26 lands, you should probably end up being playing 29 or 30 including these yeah including these like these yeah. being your lands you know they're your 27 to 30 land is mm-hmm. the, are these yep in, in some mix and if you're someone who plays 30 lands maybe you end up playing 35 or 40 mm-hmm. because you just never miss a land drop right so like never, even ever. though the front side is eh, it's still good enough yeah uh, the next one here is Valakut Awakening. It's two and a red for an instant. Put any number of cards from your hand on the bottom of your library. Draw that many cards plus one. Because uh, you get rid of trash mm-hmm. late in the game. Like if you've held on to lands. It's right? also and, a land. <laughs> and it's also a land. Yeah. Right. Like this last one just upsets me because I think it's too good. I also think it's very good. Um, I actually didn't have this one on the list until today. I put it on the list today. Um, I had a different green card here, but I think this one's too good to not talk about. I think the I think there are two really good green ones, and this is one of them. The uncommon, yeah. the regrowth. Okay, I think ridiculous as well. So yeah. we're talking about uh, Kazandu Mammoth. Mm-hmm. One green, green for a three-three. So that is kind of rate mm-hmm. like, it is at rate right so one one green green got us a four three that like drew a card if it hit something mm-hmm. in the last set uh but this also has landfall gets plus two plus two yeah <laughs> and it's a land on the back and it's a land right? on the back like it feels like all the other ones were just like so hagra mauling uh Valakut awakening and kazandu mammoth are all rares mm-hmm and it feels like all of these had all the other, the other two had an extra, an extra man attacked onto them. Yeah. Right. They all feel like, like Hagra's mauling would have been one black, black had it didn't have the land on the black back. Right. Right. Valakut's awakening might be one on the red. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's close to either yeah. uh, tormenting voice or cathartic reunion. This just feels like this would be the card. It feels like the thing I took off of it was trample. Yeah. Yep. But 100%. that just feels that just feels good enough. 
I think it is good enough. Right. Like, you know, again, green decks lose when they don't get to cast their four on turn four or right. their four on turn three. Yep. Right. Like, you know, if you have a situation where like, well, I can play my Gilded Goose on two. So I'll mm-hmm. play this as my land on one, my Goose on two, and then on three, I'll have my Questing Beast. Right. Great. But it's also, I'll play my Goose on one. I'll play this on two, and I'll swing with a 5-5 five, five on three. Yeah, and then I'll fi- and then I'll make a food or something. Like, I'll figure yeah. it out. Right? It just gives you both those, like, lines to, like, an aggressive start. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like... It doesn't. It, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. No. Th- this one I think is very good. And the the other one is the regrowth. It's two and a green mm-hmm. for a sorcery. Return a card, not a permanent. A card. A card. From your graveyard to your hand. Mm-hmm. And then the backside is a tapped green source. Yeah. That card reads: hit your land drop and then play the best card you have played the entire game. Right out of your uh, out of your graveyard it's it is good early and probably one of the best ones late mm-hmm. it's just like oh you had an ugin countered you get another bite your ugin yeah that one seems really good as well so these all just seem crazy like it totally redefines how we have to think about building mana bases mm-hmm how we have to think about flood and screw. Right. Right. Because you can't, you can't get screwed if you're playing 36 or 40 lands. Yeah. And like, then you have all these seven mana cards in your deck. Yep. That you get to use your mana later on. So you don't really flood. It's kind of like they had like basic land cycling for a while. What was that? Alara, the Alara block had basic land cycling. It's, Kind of like that, except basic land cycling is free. Yes, yeah, like zero mana cycle get a land. Yeah, and that it's kind of insane to think about. Yeah, it, like it changes the way. Like one of one of the recurring themes that we've talked about on the show before is how um, consistency has been greatly increased over the last like year or two and a lot of the problem cards that we've had in standard have been ones that had to do with consistency like companions once upon a time yada 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 and these are another kind of notch in that same belt where they're they're just adding to deck consistency without any real downside yeah you are in this place where you don't um where like the stories of like I beat LSV and -hmm. you get to leave out because he missed his third land. Right. Right. Those go away. Mm -hmm. Right. They go away when the, when the game becomes more of a wholly like skill-based endeavor. Yeah. That really starts to favor the people that are more skilled. Right. Which, you know, on on some level, I think benefits me or you. Mm -hmm. Right. But it doesn't benefit me or you against like the Reed Dukes of the world. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like, like if Reed Duke is going to get to play Magic a hundred percent of the games he gets to play, he's going like, to win a hundred percent of the games of Magic he plays. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Never lose again. But right, like you're gonna, you're gonna lose. Like the game, while variant stings mm-hmm. when it goes against you, it feels really good, and you forget about it when it goes for you. 
Yeah, we kind of talked about this in Discord the other day. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. But, like, you feel like a golden god when you draw the card that you were that you needed to draw. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm really good at this game. Yeah. Like, well, you, you, <laughs> I, I know you put the card in the deck for a reason, but... Yeah, variance yeah. shined on you. Yeah. Right? And then, like, oh, I didn't hit my third land drop. Yeah. Right? So I think it eliminates the I didn't hit my third land drop games. Mm-hmm. But is that a good thing all the time? We'll like, see. I think not hitting your third land drop gives the game something something mm-hmm. at times no i 100 percent agree right now when i'm not hitting my third land drop it's stupid <laughs> but when my opponent's not hitting my th- their third land drop i'm like i'm oh, a god that's really good <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's great. um i'm okay. so smart i put lands in my deck yeah i drew them yeah in the appropriate ratio Right, but this also fixes. Oh man, I flooded out. Like, no, you didn't. You drew a a thing that you counted as a land in your deck that is also now a seven mana spell. Yeah, you did it. (laughs) All right. So another thing (sighs) that we have to buy all of. Everyone you can get your hands on, trade for them aggressively. Pick them up at pre-release. These are going to be staples for the rest of Magic. Um, these are the pathway lands so they are all a land on one side that comes into play untapped and the back side is a land of a different color that comes into play untapped these i'm pretty sure are the best lands that have been printed since alpha beta unlimited revised duels uh, i don't know about that i do okay like (laughs) i think that the two life you pay on a shock land and to have access to either or either or yeah and like same with uh, the fast lands mm-hmm. like um i think again on uh like you know uh arena deck list they were like these are probably right around in terms of like fast lands in terms of like how good they are so like the uh, shock land i think they're slightly better than fast lands yeah, well probably- i guess it depends what deck it's in like in a two color deck i think these are better than fast lands they very well could be. Um, but like I think they're worse than shocks. Because they're not fetching. In a three-color deck, sure. In a two-color deck, I don't know that they're... Well, maybe they're worse. I don't know. Right, like, it's, it's tough. It is. I think like, they're close. But the fact that like you can go... Like you have a land that is... A, a, a hand that is like white source, path, white pathway. And you're like, <laughs> oh, I'll play this. And if I draw my double white spell, I'll play the white card and play that. Mm-hmm. And if I don't, I'll play the other side and have my second color. Or if right. I draw my, if I draw a mountain, now I can wait and make my decision. Do I need double red now or do I need double white? Right. Like you get to like wait longer to make your decision, but you still have a decision to make. Where like mm-hmm. a shock land, you just, your decision is, do I want this two, do I want this mana now for two life? Or do I always want to have access to like both colors throughout the yeah. whole game. But so we get randomly, we get six. Yeah. That's kind of weird. If you listen to the pre-show, we try to figure out the logic behind the six that we got. And we couldn't figure it out. It seems like there was a dartboard involved. <laughs> they let Mara, so. they, they like made Mara put his head on a bat. <laughs> spin he spun around, around until he got dizzy. And then just threw darts in the first yeah. six things he hit. They were like, cool. Peggy, what? you're in this set. Yeah, but he had to throw a seventh dart because one hit Gavin Verhees. But other than that, it was fine. Got lost in his quarantine beard. Yeah. Ah. Um. So we have the green-white 
pathway. Mm-hmm. We have the white black. Yep. We have the blue black. We have the green red. Sorry, the red green. We have mm-hmm. red white. And then we have blue red. So since there are six, there are certain color pairs that have way better mana for yeah. this standard. Like Jeskai just has ridiculous mana. Right. It has yeah, it has all of it. Mana, right? Um, and uh, what's the... Uh, Naya. Naya. Naya has good mana. Yep. Mardu. Yep, Mardu has good mana. Right, so there's some that have good mana and some that have... Eh, I mean, no, Jeskai doesn't have a second one. I'm sorry, Jeskai doesn't have the good mana. It's like Mardu... Well, Jeskai has two of them. Jeskai has two? Oh, red, white. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Red, white, and blue, right? Yeah. So yeah. Jeskai, Mardu, Naya, but it's just like a weird kind of collection of them that have good mana. Yeah. I think where these are going to shine is they're going to enable two-color aggressive decks. In Pioneer, for sure. In Pioneer. And yeah. like in Standard, like, yeah. like this is way better than having a, like you're still going to play the Temples and Rogues. Mm-hmm. But like having an untapped, uh, air quotes, dual land in, in right. your rogues deck. Mm-hmm. Um, like a deck, so again, I've been buying cards to build Hammer Time and Modern because <laughs> I just don't care anymore. Uh, right? The deck plays like five red cards. Yeah. And plays five planes. It's like, no, you don't. You play one plane and you play four of the red-white ones. Right. And if you need a red you play the red side. Right. But then you just have white because your deck's 85% white cards. Mm-hmm. And the rest okay. of them are just planes. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question for you about all of these modal dual face cards. Okay. Um, Is it how long most they all get them, banned? No, that's not it at all. Okay. Um, all except for these dual lands. We had mentioned that a lot of times early it's just your land drop and then later it's a spell. Yes. What kind of things can we use to like air quotes, reset these to pick them up? Yeah. Like, is there any good spells that like pick lands up? Like I know days let you pick up islands. So obviously that's an island. Yeah. But are Um, there, are there cards that have like a downside of picking up lands, just lands in general? that uh, you can use for these? I'm almost positive the answer to this question is yes. Mm -hmm. Like, but I don't know what it is. Somewhere in the back of your mind, I know you're thinking about a certain one mana (laughs) tutu that lets you uh, stone rain yourself each turn. (laughs) Lets you stone rain yourself each turn. Um, (laughs) So uh, there's that. I I meant like actual cards, like things that we might be able to spec on for like other formats. Uh, I do appreciate that we we, we admitted the one mana tutu is not an actual card. Good job. (laughs) Come along to my side. You're welcome. Um, I can't think of any. I can't think of any. Like, I'm sure if we did like a quick scryfall search Mm -hmm. of like, I said, be like return and like land or something, we could like find a bunch. Yeah. But. I don't think this interesting radio or in, in this case, television. Yeah. So maybe uh, we'll talk about that in discord. We will, or maybe like next week, but yeah, I think okay. that uh, there is, there are some, I just don't know. Like I can remember playing cards that were like, put a, you had to like put a land back. Yeah. 
and I don't remember what it what it would be. Oh, what about bounce lands? Oh, bounce lands. Th- those would be a, a good thing. Yeah, that could work. I don't think they're really speckable, but no, there's been way, 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 way too many. Yeah. Uh. So this guy, Avon Fogbringer from Judgment, yeah. when it comes into play, return target land to its owner's hand. It's a two-one flyer for four, so not playable. Yeah. Uh. Like everything says non-land. I want to return lands. <laughs> uh, well, let's let, let's save that for next week. We'll, we'll move it. on. We'll find something here. All right. So the next thing that we had was um, some cards that our listeners wanted to hear about. Okay. I posted up in our Discord. So if you were in our Discord, you had the opportunity to answer a question that I posed, and that was: Was there anything in particular that you guys wanted us to talk about? So actually just whore wants to know is Multani scapeshift Remunap excavator and Nahiri's lithomancy a thing and can it involve the desert that gives a zombie when it's put into the graveyard? Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> that was the exact face that okay. I made. <laughs> so, okay. So Multani we're, yep. gets power and toughness equal to the lands in the battlefield and in the graveyard. Correct. And does it he return lands? Does he return forests to your hand? I'm not sure. To return them to, from your graveyard to your hand. Because he could return stuff. Right. Oh, it. Okay, so, <laughs> him. so he becomes big. Yep. And then we sack the the the, the land that makes a zombie mm-hmm. with lithomancy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now here he's lithoforming before we get too deep down this rabbit hole. Okay. X for a red red. Yep. Sorcery. Sacrifice mm-hmm. X lands. For each land sacrifice this way, draw a card. You may play X additional lands this turn. Lands you control enter the battlefield tapped this turn. Okay. So this gives you a way to sack lands and draw cards, mm-hmm. which makes your Maltani big. Right. And Rhyming Up Excavator gets, lets you play lands out of your graveyard. Right. Uh, Ancient Green Warden also might be better at doing that. Yep, lets you play lands out of your graveyard. Um, the zombie land seems like a stretch. It does seem like a stretch. I mean, but anything that like lets you like play because it doesn't say where you have to play the lands from from lithoforming. So you right. can sack all your lands with like a crucible of the worlds or. Um, Rumming up Rumming excavator, excavator and just play them all out of your graveyard, right? And just kind of not be down to anything. So, like, if your lithoforming is like, I don't know, draw eight, mm-hmm. that's fine, and like you don't have a downside. I think again the uh, the dream, the impossible dream that has been floated by Brian Gottlieb on Twitter is a uh, Lotus Cobra. Mm-hmm. As then you're playing all your lands off lithoforming and you're getting mana for them. Yeah. And with Green Warden, you make two mana. You make two mana. And then you hopefully draw another lithoforming and then you just do it again. Kind of like Hydroid Crisis, drawing another Hydroid Crisis. Yeah. Uh, but like the, the payoff is not as non convoluted, right? right? This is like you've got a lot of moving pieces. Right. Like I think you said that you looked at it and thought this is bad scape shift. 
That, that's exactly what I thought when I read the card. I read the card and was like, this is stone unplayable. Okay. <laughs> I was like, this is not a thing. But, I mean, people seem excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does feel like you need a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. Um, what about this card in other formats that have ways to pitch cards in your hand for an effect? Like Wincon for Adnaz is, is it Lightning Storm? Lightning Storm. Kind of does a similar, like if you can set up that combo and do like a similar thing. I mean, it's, I know it's not as good as Adnaz, but. Oh, where you would use like Lithoforming as like your draw spell? Yeah. Hmm. Or like reanimate uh what's his name that lets you fling lands, Boba Rigmos. Boba Rigmos. But like you don't necessarily have those lands in your hand, right? No, but I mean if you can set this engine up, you can oh, hypothetically yeah, you draw your deck. Yeah. And then just do whatever. Right. Yeah, it's but like is the engine something you can set up? Like Consistently, like, can you? Oh yeah, I don't know. Lotus Cobra, Ancient Greed Warden, <laughs> and play everything. Um, I, I mean, you could part. also pair it with, like I had mentioned earlier, you could pair it with the uh, the retreats. Yeah, and just like get your get value off of like uh, the lands that you get that get to bring back. Like that could work. Yeah, I mean, the black retreat drains every time a land enters a battlefield. Yeah, so if you could just like play all your lands that you put in your graveyard back mm-hmm. out, yeah, that can work. It seems like a lot of steps, though. It does, yeah. But I didn't say it was good. I was just trying to think of things you could do. So here's the next one. I don't know who sent this one in. This is uh, Dunford. Dunford. What's another yep. Null Priest of Oblivion. Yeah. One in a black for a vampire cleric. Yep. With kicker three in a black. It mm-hmm. is a two one. Menace Life Link. Lifelink, Miss Lifelink, which is, that's just fine. That's like a fine aggressive card. Mm-hmm. And then Null Priest of Oblivion enters the battlefield, and if it was kicked, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So this is like, so we take all the other text off. One mm-hmm. mana, two, one, Menace Lifelink. Two mana, two, one. Two mana, two, one. Yep. Menace Lifelink. Fine. So it's a slightly better Child of the Night. Slightly better Child of the Night. Correct. You're not super pumped for it, but like it's not wholly embarrassing. Right. But then late in the game, it's get back your best creature, be a 2-1. Menace lifelink. Menace lifelink. Yeah. So like, it's, it's the like good early, good late argument. Mm-hmm. Right, it's a fine card early, mm-hmm. and it's a fine card or better than fine card or good card late. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it's a, it's a zombify for one extra mana that gives you a two one in addition to zombifying something. Um, it's also recurrable. You could like, what do you mean? Like if you have a way to cast creatures out of your graveyard. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. If you can cast, yeah, like the. Typically, things you can loop like that have an exile clause. Yeah, and this doesn't exile. This doesn't. So it it is something you could do over and over again, provided you have all of the mana on the planet. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. There's a certain yeah. red two drop that lets you cast stuff out of your graveyard. Yes. Yes, there is. I, I, I'm just saying. <laughs> you um, would still need all the mana, though. You would still need all the mana. Yeah. But there's a certain Saltai card that lets you uh, exile cards from your graveyard to get one colorless mana. <laughs> this is true. Or, okay, we're four colors now. <laughs> and you're also using your graveyard in three different ways. <laughs> hey. I hope you have hey. a way to flip your deck. Every part of the buffalo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, I think this is a card that, like, in a, like, mid-range deck mm -hmm. is a card that, like, you play on turn two to trade with something or, like, blunt aggression or, like, put a clock on. Yeah. And then when you draw it on turn eight, it's just cool. I didn't draw my crappy two drop. Yeah. I drew two drop plus reanimation spell. Yeah. So like, I think that, I think it's good for the fact that it's good early and late. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, this next yep. one has been like a frequent guest of the podcast so far. <laughs> That's a uh, ancient green warden. Yep. Uh, we talked about it a minute ago, but we didn't, uh, read it so we'll I guess we'll read it now it's a uh, four green green for a five seven elemental with reach you may play lands from your graveyard if a land entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of permanence you control to trigger it triggers an additional time um like it's panharmonicon for lands mm -hmm. and a roman of excavator Mm-hmm. Yeah. Strapped on a five-seven body. Yeah, it's a big, big thing with reach. Yeah. The reach feels like tacked on. They were like, they're like, oh man, we have room for two lines of flavor text. No, <laughs> no, we only have one line of flavor text on this card. We need an extra ability. Well, it feels like world breaker, right? It does. It's just like a big thing that randomly has reach. Oh yeah, you need reach. That will eat many creatures because people don't know it has reach. Right. Like, this thing's just the brazen borrower killer. Yep. They're just like attack and they're just like snipe, lock. And like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Shame concede. Oops. <laughs> on. Yep. Um, I think this is like a value card. Mm -hmm. And like, it, are, it has some weird like combo potential, right? Uh, for example, uh, let's say you had an Omnath mm -hmm. and this guy. Mm -hmm. Your first oh, land yeah. drop gets you eight life. Your second <laughs> land drop gets you eight mana. eight mana. Your third land drop wins you the game. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, so, again, it has that same, like, um, constructed, like, standard pioneer modern problem of... Does it? Um, it doesn't do anything when it comes to the battlefield. And it's six mana. And it's six mana. Yeah. Um, like Elder Gargaroth doesn't do anything when it comes in the battlefield, but if you untap with it, it buries them. Right. Whereas this requires you to do more work. Mm -hmm. and, and Elder Gargaroth is uh, a mana less and has like all the keywords. Right. It's like, I have reach trample and <laughs> Oh, 
Oh, and then a paragraph under that. Right. Like, I think this is, again, like, a great commander card. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the idea of, like, this and Avenger of Zendikar wash over you? Yikes. Like, this Avenger fetch land. Make a bunch of... <laughs> make a bunch of giant, giant plants. Yeah. Your turn. Uh, but yeah, I I think that's probably where its home is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, like people are kind of building around it for like its Lotus Cobra synergies. Yep. Which I think is also fine. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Here's, yeah. here's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Lunark Aspirant. Yep. This is one and a white for a one, one cleric. At the beginning of combat on your turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. And this nerd is a one, one. Mm-hmm. Um, so secretly, this is a two mana, two, two. Cause you can just Secret put the counter mode, yeah. on itself. Yep. Right. You just be like, okay, it's on me. It's a human, which is a relevant creature type mm-hmm. for like modern and for a uh, pioneer. Yep. But I just don't think it's good enough. I don't think so either. I think you have to be doing something with those counters. Like, or this is secretly a green-white card. Yeah. And you play, like, Conclave Mentor mm-hmm. in this. And you just want it to get, like, you know, get, like, your double counter synergies. Yeah. Um, or it's, like, secretly an Abzan card, and it goes with Winding Constrictor and Conclave Mentor. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like... A two drop that puts counters on something like um, Thalia's Lieutenant is like a million times better than this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I guess this is again, this is a card that like in limited, they play it on two and then it's like it kills you on turn 12. Right. Because it's a 13 13 or whatever. And yeah, you or just it's made every it. one of their creatures ahead of curve. Yeah, it's just made everything a little bit bigger. Yeah. But like, I just don't think that. This is the kind of advantage we can can uh, we can like leverage in constructed magic. Nowadays. Yeah, there's nothing that like spreads counters out, right? I don't think we're like if put any time a counter is put on this creature, put a counter on every other creature, or I, another creature. There might or, be something. That sounds familiar. It does. I can't think of what it is. Uh, I feel like I played it at some point in like some goofy deck, but I don't remember. Yeah. So, but yeah, I don't see like in. I don't think that card, whatever it is that we're thinking of, I don't think yeah. it's being playing like real constructed. Probably not. So, um, and, and then we have uh, Morog, which we talked about last week a little bit. This is yeah. Morog Fury of Akum, uh, four red red for a six six Minotaur Warrior, legendary. Uh, each creature you control gets plus one plus zero for each time it attacked this turn, and it has landfall. Whenever a land enters a battlefield under your control, if it's your main phase, there's an additional combat phase after this phase. At the beginning of that combat, untap all creatures you control. Have you read? Have you read the uh, the the rules clarification for this guy? I have not. If you play the land in your second main phase. Mm-hmm. You go to a next untap. You don't go to a next combat step, but you um, 
that you immediately go to the end step after that uh, attack step. There's no second main phase. There's no like second second main phase. Right. But there can um, be more than one combat step. There can be more than one combat step. Yeah. But you can't like it's not like you get to attack and then have a main phase again. Right. No. You yeah. You raise get... your end step. Yeah. And apparently, like if you um um like let's say you play the land on your first main phase, mm-hmm. you get an additional combat step before your actual combat step. Right. So all like, your stuff won't untap during your actual combat step. Yeah. Yeah. So like you would have to like tap your creatures for like advantage somehow mm-hmm. and then play your land to untap them to get something. Yep. Um I think it's fine. Like Ancient I think Green Warden doubles the landfall triggers. Whew. So uh everyone has to report when they lose in their sealed to uh the Morag. double mythic. Yeah, Morag into Ancient Green Warden like play a land and then they play a land and then you take like 70 (laughs) um i again like i think this card is secretly seven mana Mm -hmm. i think you want to get that combat yeah and it's also awkward that like you have to like wait you have you have to play him on like your second main phase Mm -hmm. because you can't play him pre-combat because then he right. just gets killed before you get any value yeah so i think it's like you know second second main phase this guy mm-hmm. play a land um yeah i i also think like isn't this like the minotaur commander we've been looking for probably i don't remember what the jumpstart minotaur commander does but yeah this one he seems he pretty good minotaurs? sure yeah but Again, like it has the like it doesn't do anything when it comes into play, mm-hmm. and like costs a lot of mana, right? Uh, but I think, I think like at some point we'll probably have fun like taking all the attack steps one one game. Oh yeah, pretty sweet. It's uh, I mean, it's cool that it untaps your creatures because that kind of combos well with combat celebrant, right? Oh yeah. Ooh. Oh, we that- like it. Yeah. 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 It gets you an extra attack. It does. Which I'm I'm all I'm all for. Yeah. Um all right. Well, I don't think you can exert it a second time in the same turn. No, you can't. Just one. Just one. Boom. Yep. So okay. This next card might be really good. Okay. Or a sky clay of hierophant. Skyclave uh, doesn't fly. Doesn't fly. He has a lifelink, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, for two and a black, he's a 3-3. Three, three. Legendary creature, core cleric. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever this or another cleric you control dies, mm-hmm. return target cleric card with lesser converted mana cost from your graveyard to the battlefield. Okay. So, if like you have a sack outlet... You just get to go down the chain? You just go down the chain. Mm-hmm. So if those have good enter the battlefield abilities, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and there was uh, didn't we just talk about a cleric that like banish or uh, blood artisan? Uh, yeah, when when another whenever another cleric came into play, yeah, like he went down the chain. Yeah. Null priest of oblivion is also a cleric. Mm-hmm. That has a good enter the battlefield ability, but it's your two, right? 
uh, in older formats. What was the black white um, mythic from? Uh, uh, was it Battle for Zendikar? Um. Oh yeah, Ailey. Yeah. The Eternal like, Pilgrim or something. Yeah. Yeah. You paid like one and sacked a creature and like like drain them or gain life or you did something. Yeah, you got to do something. But like, she was a cleric. Yeah, but if you get to go down the chain and mm-hmm. just like, okay, I have three mana, I'm gonna like trigger three under the battlefield abilities. Right. Or, you know, make my little vampire guy like bigger. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't say like when. It's not like on a certain turn. So yeah, right, that's like, true. You block you block with your three drop on their turn and you put in a two drop. Mm-hmm. Like you just, you know, it becomes really hard to kill you to like wipe your board. Mm-hmm. Or if you have multiples out and you get wrath and mm-hmm. you just like put a bunch of creatures back into play. <laughs> yep. So like, it feels like it feels like there might be something that's just like exploitable and busted where you can like loop Could it and you're getting stuff back for free. The, um, the black mythic dual faced card kind of lets you reset too. Yeah. You just like, you pay six mana, you put those back in, and then you just go back down the chain again. Yep. Yeah. There's, it seems interesting. Interesting. And then the last card that we were asked to talk about was Lithoform Engine. Whew. Yeah. Wall of Text. This Wall is a four mana legendary artifact. You can pay two and tap it. To copy target activated or triggered ability you control, you choose new targets for the copy. You can pay three mana and tap it. To copy target instant or sorcery spell you control, you may choose targets for the copy. Or you can pay four mana and tap it to copy target permanent spell you control. It becomes a token. It becomes a token. Um, it is really weird. It is like a collection of abilities we've not ever seen all on a card before. Mm-hmm. Um, remember Mirror Pool? Mm-hmm. This is like Mirror Pool. Yeah. So we're not a land. Correct. Um, again, I go to the my like safe place of I don't see where this can be played and constructed, but I'm assuming that there were like a hundred commander decks that like threw out some other card and put this card in. Like when it was spoiled, they put in their pre-order for their foil. Right. And they got rid of one card and this is going in. Yeah. I don't know. What does uh, Zerta do? It de- decreases activate abilities by two? Two. Yeah, so like I, I don't I don't know how you can break this. I don't think it's cheap enough to break. I don't know, like what if you're what if you're playing like Kozilek as your commander, and you cast it, and then you just draw a bunch of cards? Well, I, I wasn't thinking about Kozilek. I was I was or about commander. I was trying to think of something you could do like in constructed. If you like Zerda, you get one mana copies of instants and sorceries. Yeah, we can like Zerda can't make stuff zero, right? Zerda can only make stuff yeah, one. I think it can only make stuff one. Yeah. So Or you get two mana copy permanents. As they come into play. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah, I don't know either. It's one of those cards that like 
again, like a card that you play on four and constructed and then doesn't pay you. Right. Or you have to then do a bunch of work. Yeah. Is hard to be like in. Right. Yeah. I am not in for this card. Yeah. Like, I don't see what you can do with it in constructed that just doesn't get you like run down. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I am uh, looking to play this card. Yeah, I'm sure there's stupid stuff you can do with it in Commander. Like, um, there's got to be some sort of chain with like you know whenever an artifact comes into play, untap artifacts you control, something, 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 and just go off. But I guess they already banned Paradox Engine. Like you just can't keep floating like infinite untaps. Yeah. Like yeah, I don't know. That's where it'll be broken, Commander. I don't think it'll be broken in regular constructed competitive formats. Yeah. But if you do, let us know because it is pretty sweet. Yeah. So I think with that, this marathon podcast may be over. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. That's fine. <laughs> fine. Um, so if you have any ideas about the cards uh, that we may have missed or that mm-hmm. you want us to talk about next week, Try to get at us at Casual Tripod. Yep. On Twitter? On Twitter, yes. Yeah, on Twitter. Uh, you can hit us up at Casual Tryhard MTG on Facebook. Um, you can drop us an email, show at casualtryhardmtg.com. If you're looking to pre order any of this stuff, don't forget to use our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. A small portion of whatever you spend after following that link will help support the show a little bit. If you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do that at patreon.com slash casual tryhard MTG. Our patrons get access to our show notes the day before the show goes live. And they also get to hear us ramble on about whatever mundane stuff is happening in our lives. My lost goggles. Your lost goggles, your dirty loft. Yes. Whatever it is. <laughs> uh, we also have a Discord. You can hop in over there, um, get in on these, you know, listener questions. Also, you can yell at us for telling us that Lithoform Engine won't be playable in regular constructed tournaments, uh, among other things. You can make that your goal. Yeah. Hop on over to Discord. There's a link on our Twitter. There's a link on our Facebook. Or if you can't find either of those those links, you can shoot us a message and we will give you a personal link just for you. Because we like you. Uh, we like you. Uh, just, once again, I want to thank Juan for doing this video episode with us. He helps us out for these video episodes that we do when new sets release. And thank you for Myrtle Beach Games. Um, even though we're not recording in your studio right now, that's our local game store. We like to support it as much as we can whenever we can. Um, if you're out and about for pre-release this weekend, please stop by, check us out. I'll be there all weekend. Um I don't think I have anything else. I think that'll do it for this week. And with that, I'll catch you on the internet. And I'll catch you at pre-release.